What's up? We have the one and only, the man himself, Mr. Cody Wiggins. What is What's happening? up? And Andre, sorry, I don't know your last name. No, it's Mina. It's pretty complicated, but no, don't no, worry. No. Yeah, Andre is fine. No, Andre we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Andre Mina. Mina. Yeah. Uh, okay, we talk so about like it, right? A, yeah. We literally just talked about this outside. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, yeah. bro, I know your last name, but I don't know how to say it properly. And it's like a Y that's in there. Mignet. Yeah, it's M-I-N-E-A, but it's spelled Mina. Mina. And I was saying yeah. Mania. That is definitely yeah. wrong. Some that's say Mania, yeah. some say Mania. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, it's good, it's good. There's a whole southern word that doesn't exist. <laughs> Can I like, curse? That's like, not, yeah. Okay, cool. Fuck shit. Yeah. <laughs> get it out. Keep his poo. Okay, go on. <laughs> Come on. Um, how do you guys know each other? Random, not even randomly. He came to one of my classes and yep. same that you were saying about Jake, right? Mm-hmm. As you were saying about Jake, it's like you see potential in someone. Mm. And it's not a lot of people who are able to do my style as easily in a class in an hour and a half, two hour setting. Whereas, okay, <laughs> whereas he came in and he's he was already familiar with my style just from a distance. And I didn't know that. But after class, I spoke to him. He spoke to me. And then we just kind of connected over a few classes that I was teaching and then I just told him I wanted to kick it. I'm new to London and I'm trying to find my tribe and I want to invest where I can and I don't really kick it with a lot of folks. I keep my circle small so Mm. I just value his support Mm. on all levels and the fact that he's in film school. He teaches me a few things and vice versa. You know, just kind of a collaborative friendship has oh, yeah. built over the past two oh, years yeah. that we've known Sick. each other. That's actually really similar. It's really similar. That's cool. yeah. <laughs> it's, it started off as like teacher student, then it yeah. became like work relationship, and then yeah. friendship kind of yeah. like. Yeah, we hired you a few times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The beer always does it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have a beer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> like he used to hire me to teach at his dance school. Oh, that's work. And then I don't know. Now it's like we speak every day. It's like. Yeah. Like motivation, my oh, yeah. second partner. Like, yeah, yeah, nice. See, that's how it goes. Yeah. Like, is that Jake again? I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're yeah. with yeah. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, so what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, seeing Jake. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're meant to be going for dinner. I'm like, sorry. Can Jake come over too? <laughs> Jake, bring your sleeping bag. I promise you won't get in trouble. He'll <laughs> <laughs> do the dishes. <laughs> I just feel like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm like, oh, tell Georgia, I'm so sorry. He rings me. He goes, I'm so sorry. I'm interrupting you on your day with your girl. I'm like, it's okay. She expects. It's really interesting actually because I was thinking about you all the time uh, okay, the other day, it. and I was like, mm, You've, and it's a huge part I want to talk to you. You've obviously moved here from LA, but you were back and forth Atlanta and LA, right? Or yeah. were you based in LA? I was based time? in LA at the time. Like, I had an apartment there, but I own a home in Atlanta. Yeah, because well. I think I spoke to you a while back, and I was you were going back mm-hmm. and forth too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you came here. Yeah. That's what I asked. And, and, yeah. and that's it. Go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, so. Because uh, as every dancer's dream is to go to, to the go stage. there, right? Yeah, of course. Like, and it was mine. I did it. I understand why every other dancer wants to you do know, it. So when you came here, I was like, ooh, bold move. Must be a chick. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, actually. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. I um, It's a few things. Mm-hmm. And I can start with the base level, which was I was in a long distance relationship for about two years before getting here. I was on tour um, when I met my now wife, Mm -hmm. and it just was conversation. The pandemic was about to really kick off. The gates were about to close. I had literally been visiting every two months for about a year and a half to come see her. So every month, every two months, I was in London anyway. Mm. And I was like, you know, in life, I've told myself, I could live in another country, not really thinking I'm going to fucking do that. (laughs) (laughs) But... 
you know, the optimism is there. And she presented the opportunity. I literally got off the plane back in the States from a visit on March 11th or 13th, between March 11th and March 13th. The gates closed on the 15th. I was literally repacking a bag after we had a conversation within 24 hours to get on a plane to come back to London for the wow. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's just for the lockdown. We thought it was going to be two weeks to a month. So I apologize. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No worries. So in the grand scheme of entertainment, a month is not that long when you're working. Mm-hmm. A month is two jobs, potentially yeah. three jobs, depending on, you know, what it is. And it's time consuming. So, oh, I can be out of work for a month, whatever. I got, you know, my savings. I can go and kick it, go spend, spend time with my lady and, you know, just be in the space her because nobody's going to be working. Little did I know that turned into four months and I couldn't leave. So in that, I just decided to stay, man. And to be transparently honest, I also needed a break from the industry. I've been doing it Mm. since I graduated high school at 18. Like I started dancing at 18. Mm. So I got my first job as a performer in 19 turning 20. Mm -hmm. And It's just been go, 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 almost go, go, go ever since then. You know, everybody hits a wall every once in a while, and, you know, you got to figure out the different additives. I don't like to say transitions, but the different additives to who you are in the grand scheme of, you know, a decade. You're going to switch up every 8 to 10. So in this opportunity that was presented, I just decided to stay because I needed a change of atmosphere, man. I, I needed to be around another creative influence and you're in a hamster wheel in L.A. You're running a race with no ending. There's no finish yeah. to the race. You're just running. Mm-hmm. What's your goal? You know what I'm saying? And for me personally, I had a few goals. I met them. And then now it's like, what's the new? And I left literally in the blink of an eye. I just decided to leave. Mm. What is the new goal? Um, it's always been directing. It's always been creatively directing. I choreograph every once in a while. I'm not in the position of choreographing that I would want to be in because I haven't put the work in on social media to exist like that in the industry as of yet. But just hearing that hurts my soul, but yeah. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's the way it is. It is, it is. Yeah. you know, yeah. it's just change, exactly. Yeah. And I've actually been more appreciative of the break that I've taken. So now that I can I can now reapproach the industry um, as a different, art, as an artist, like as a real artist versus just doing it because it finances my pockets. Mm. And there's no longevity in just getting the quick checks because you burn yourself out. I burned myself out a little bit and I caught it before it got too bad. Mm. And I didn't want to start disrespecting the industry. I didn't want to start disrespecting friendships and relationships and associates based on my own jaded feeling of what the industry was doing to me at that time period of what transition takes place in our environment like Mm -hmm. in dance every month there's a new move on tiktok there's a new move every week in the industry there's some new popping teacher some new popping choreographer some new popping creative director that has been working and we might not have seen it on the surface but it seems like it's happened overnight Mm -hmm. and that can be fuckery on the mental so i started to let those things bother me when they shouldn't have because i'm stronger than that but you know that race starts to tear away at that uh, out that that exterior. So, what I'm basically getting at is I've been working a lot on myself over these past two years, even before the pandemic, and just having the separation now is going to help with my new approach. Mm. If that all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, it was, and it was beautifully worded. And, yeah, and I, exquisitely I, worded. I don't know about for like you guys, but like I, that resonated a lot with me because mm-hmm. I let it get to that place where I let it to start 
my feelings and what the industry is doing to me or what I'm doing to me in life circumstances, mm-hmm. I let it translate into work. Mm-hmm. I let my energy translate into those places. And now I look back and you go, oh, regret how I acted on that job. Mm-hmm. My, I didn't bring the right energy to that room. Like mm-hmm. I was sometimes the vacuum mm-hmm. as opposed to the power source. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was 1, sucking 000. the energy. Ooh, I like that. So the fact that you registered that that was happening and you like let's tap out mm-hmm. like take a break where you can yo credit because I yeah, feel like probably away. not a lot of dancers do that it's because there is pressure mm. but it's because we're always living in the rat race 1000 like, you're always living in the constant like every day is an audition even if it's not an audition every day you're progressing you're chasing the dream because there's that guy next to you who's waiting to jump on your tail and take that moment mm-hmm. you know and I've run into that a little bit here in the UK whereas there is a a booming industry here and there are just a few things that i have run into um that i've done already not in the grand scheme of any job but just the environment mm-hmm. and it's like i don't want to do that again i've already done it not saying that i'm any higher than any man or woman next to me it's just that's not my race anymore i'm not running it like that hence the true artist mm-hmm. and the reason why i was able to identify with the change in my spirit and my approach is based on my study habits of different artists, mm-hmm. from singers, rappers, to uh, classical artists like a Van Gogh or a Beethoven or a Mozart, like really looking into those individuals and their personalities and at a time period when there was no television, there was no social media, there was just land and there was just opportunity to figure things out and kind of fuck around without any judgments necessarily or mm. the eyes of judgment were in a small at a smaller scale and it gave them opportunity to exist purely for themselves. I create for myself, not for any other thing. Unless a prince or a king said, I'm gonna chop your head off if you don't paint this bowl of cereal, like whatever. <laughs> at the same token, now imagine Van Gogh, his style changed three times or so within a 10-year, 20-year period of his existence as a popular artist, hence a Chris Brown. He was the Chris Brown of his era. Mm -hmm. He used to travel around and collaborate with other artists and just sit and watch them draw and paint so that he could adapt and figure out, well, I like how you did that. I'm going to use that. I'm not going to steal it. I'm going to do my strokes and then I'm going to add what you've done to what you're looking at to mine so that I can keep evolving. And then I'm going to keep making these statements through time and I'm going to be unfuckwittable at some token to where you can't do what I do because I've soaked up so much positivity and so much artistic energy from so many different sources, you would have to run that same race in your way to even reach where I am. And that's what I feel like I am approaching now. There is a vibration that is taking place amongst everyone that I'm touching. So I just want to keep that evolution happening, man. I want that vibe to keep going. So that's why my approach now to the industry is just going to be for fun, man. I don't really, I don't care about a job at this point. I just want to create. I could give a fuck, honestly. Mm. Sorry. No, my, no, no so my takeaway from that is two things. A, that you create from a very authentic place now. So you're, you're focusing on being you. Mm-hmm. But the other takeaway was, do you think people don't create from an authentic place because of social media? Because it's the eyes of judgment, as you said earlier, is so much bigger now that we're creating, trying to appeal to a mass audience rather than the smaller target audience that we once did before social media. And you're asking, one more time, you're asking, do I view 
do the think, artist is authentic or not? Do you think people don't create from an authentic uh, place? Please feel free to chip in, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yep, yeah, yeah, don't just sit there. And, like, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, you know, yeah, 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 absorbing sure. the. Sure, you know, just yeah. double checking. I just yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 He's he's the one. Trust when I tell you, his drive is is like no other. Now I can't say like no other. He's just strong as fuck. Hence. Small I can do circle. Better. I can do better. Every day we can. Oh, yeah. Hey, we can all do better. Okay, oh, yeah. come on. Um, but to answer your question, um, I think generational splits will dictate that opinion, if that makes sense, how I put mm-hmm. that. Because the new generation of dancer, they have more opportunity to be of a larger status due to their consistency. Not saying that it doesn't come from an authentic place. They just understand the process differently. Right. They can create one piece and stretch that for two weeks on social media. Mm. Tyler, the creator, said it best recently. Whatever you've created, feel good about it. Be proud of it and promote the fuck out of that shit. Mm-hmm. He's still promoting an album he put out a year and a half, almost two years ago. And when I tell you that set is still nasty, like the first time it's ever touched a stage, anytime he hits that shit, it should be how all of us should approach that, in my opinion. Like, mm. you should be proud of it. I'm gonna promote my class video or my concept video or my fashion video for the next two weeks, and it's the same outfit. I don't care. It's funny you say that because now we're in such a um, viral world mm-hmm. where things come and go overnight, right? So, like, and we've created that for ourselves, how we get something great or we make something great or something goes viral. And then we're constantly like, that was good, what's next? Facts. Mm. Whereas if we, we, look, about this earlier. if we look back to all the things that we think are great from before social media. So let's talk about like, you know, uh, Michael Jackson, Dangerous Tour. <laughs> and the Bad Tour. Like, like, but oh, we're yeah. always going to, like, like we, didn't, we don't need 20 others after that. Like for me, like the Elvis Presley 68 comeback special is the best Elvis performance. That's the one all. with the small square. Yeah, the ah. best Elvis performance of all time. Like I don't need to see all the others. I don't need them all to be recreated. Mm -hmm. I can keep watching that one and it still gives me that same feeling. Mm -hmm. We've lost touch with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We've lost touch with that. So like I was thinking, so I think about obviously my business and what I do as a living and I look at, okay, so let's just use the podcast as an example. So I was like, okay, my dream was to have Marty Goodell on the podcast, right? He will. I've done it. We did it in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And it was like one of, for me, like not only a heart fulfilling moment, but I know that was a dope podcast. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, how is that not, like, touch the masses? Because I know my Marty shit. Like, cause mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he's a big hero. So I did oh, homework, yeah. I asked mm-hmm. questions. Even he was like, yo, like, like you, you're asking Nardwar? stuff that no one's ever asked before, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, isn't it funny? Like, that was popping for, like, a week. Mm-hmm. And then that boom, is it's gone. gone. And but see, like, that's our job for promotion at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. We don't keep promoting all. that thing two years ago mm-hmm. because we're like, oh, we've got to create new shit. But think about... Where the Mona Lisa is still the Mona Lisa, bro. Big facts. Like, we're not trying to make a new one. Yeah. Mm, But then you think about the teachers now. And some of our OG teachers, I could could give example. Uh, Lyle, a Jay Blaze, Mm -hmm. to now you have your Nat Bats and your Isabels. And you have your Amanda Grinds and you have your Candace Browns. Like, there are so many different splits within those names I just gave. Mm. But you see that Lyle can still teach Nike boots. Because it is... Iconic. What? Yeah. Okay. And as soon as I hear that song, what That's do you think? Who of? you think of? Even think uh, of, yeah. what's the one he just taught? Uh, the Drake one. The Rick Ross one. Yeah. Don't make me hurt your feelings. Ah. Ooh, what the fuck? <laughs> like I want to learn that just because I want to fail at it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he literally yeah, just good. taught that's that good. maybe a day or two ago. But the fact that he can just go in that bag and the masses still are 
attracted to that. One is the feeling. But two, I think at that time period, it wasn't that big of a pool for people to be watching something. Uh, it, was, it was on YouTube. So it was, it was not as quick as Instagram now. Yeah. So with the Marty thing, in my opinion, I think if you wanted to bring it back up, there's gold nuggets all through that, I would imagine. That means I need to do my more, more of my own research in regards to your podcast. Apologies. Yeah. Um, but it's about message, man. Like if there's gold nuggets in that, that whole piece... Put that shit up again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Like small we yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Seconds, we, like, we never go back on something. old shit. But I think it's because of the world we're in is so forward, 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 forward. progress, progress, progress. But yeah. now nah, it's supposed to be a fistful of knowledge. Your throat, your throat, your throat, yeah. your throat. I'm shoving. Even if it's the same thing. How many times have we heard? I'm gonna be one of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. That's a promise. Everybody is remixing that shit. Yeah. Mm. Everybody is using the same sound bite. One dance, two dance. Everybody in the gym. Everybody who's on a treadmill. Anybody who's showing off their body or putting on a, a piece of clothing anybody who's drinking water is using I'm gonna be one of the greatest mm. and she's still singing it and now yeah. she's doing different variations of it she's on festival tours singing that sound bite yeah. it's a minute you are <laughs> popping because of that that is awesome don't get it twisted but that just kind of shows like she probably put that up months ago and it just popped off out of nowhere because she just reposted it mm. I don't know if that's facts mm. but it yeah. could be that yeah but even things like so like within like let's say our industry people be like you're only as good as your last job no fuck that and i'm like wait so you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> cody wiggins is only as good as the last job he did but the last job he did might have been a commercial dressed as like a teddy bear a cat a cat and it probably was that right i didn't even know what commercial it was that's why i went there um you look good on that dance floor thanks thanks it's a cleaning product right okay that was kitty litter kitty litter that's crazy but i've always wanted to do shit like so so you're telling me he's only as good as that cat yeah like but that was last year like years and years of usher and like a beyonce jason derulo justin Timberlake. all these things don't count because it's not the last thing but we move on to Chris Brown don't forget that one nicely recently done. actually nicely done yeah, yeah. But you know how then we're so quick to be like you're only as good as the last job you did well that's not true because look at this legacy that's built and mm -hmm. we were talking about legacy earlier with another episode we did but like but that's just us brainwashing ourselves to show we have to keep doing the new thing or the mm -hmm. next thing mm -hmm. whereas why can't we sit in the glory of what we did why do we have to be like what's been immediate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, see I've, I've never been good about the wrong term I'm going to use is boasting. Hmm. Um, but I've never been one to boast. So nobody you knows. Should. I should. <laughs> you should. I definitely should. And I think that's going to change. But I also was around at a time where social media was so new and I wasn't really into it in the beginning. So there was a lack there of footage of me performing with these people. Yes. Mm. And if it is up, it's grainy. So I can't really, it's not that I can't post it. It's just you can't really see what's going on. And you didn't know I had a box top. Nobody knew I had braids before I have locks. Like, mm. nobody saw me with a low cut because at that time period, it's like I did. flips. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and we met around that I time, did. too. Yeah. So uh, we have history, yeah, yeah. like, if y'all didn't know. But um, it, it, now it's like to talk about it. There are so many people now, and no offense to anybody that I say anything about on their creativity because I respect everyone. But everybody, not everyone, but a select few and a large number of them ones have danced for Chris. Same thing for Usher. They are of the culture. So they change as music changes, as clothing changes, as sounds change, they adapt. So that means the dancer, the genre of movement is going to change with them as well. Not to say that they're trying to stay young. Mm. It's not that. It's just 
what's happening in their field. Yeah. Musically, creatively, on a visual level, it's all changing. It's all forever changing. And they just have to not keep up, but adapt. Yeah. Because you can run the race how you want to. Tortoises mm. are fast as shit. Don't get it twisted. Just because the rabbit is faster doesn't mean that they're not running in the same direction. Like, mm. they're not of some speed. They're all going to make it to that finish line, whatever that goal is for them. But now I just think... I lost my thought. Where's I going? Um, yes, but I don't... I've never been good at speaking highly of myself as far as what I've done. And to come here to the UK, I'll tell you what I thought. I'm going to go into these offices. I'm going to spit my resume. I'm going to give my reel. I've choreographed this. I've assisted on this. And I've danced on this. And I'm going to work right away. Fuck nah. And they, go, <laughs> and they probably go, how many followers you got? Facts. Exactly. Or they go, yeah, so we're not really, or you should go and have dinner with, or we should do. And I'm like, why do I have to do all of this when the proof is on the table right now and the experience is there? Hmm. You can tell by the resume. You can tell by visuals. You can tell by choreography and textures of movement, quality of movement, what I bring to the table. What is so hard about change? What is so difficult about acceptance? of something that's new taking shape. Hence, us going back in the bag and saying, I know I showed you this glass of water before, but that shit is still good. Mm-hmm. Hence, your podcast. I know you heard about this before, but I had fucking Marty Kudelka on my shit. And he said this. This should resonate to you. Mm. Performer, mm. teacher, mm. creative, inspired artist. Like, mm. you can use all of this shit to your advantage. And I got access to it. You didn't. But I'm going to allow you to have access to this part. Mm. You get what I'm saying? So now it's just like you said with the integrity of authenticity. It's what's your voice at this point? That's something hard to put your thumb on. And it does create all that pressure. It, it makes you want to untie the shoes that are running the race. Because at this point, it's like, man, do I care enough? That's why I tell y'all now, like, mm. I just want to be an artist, bro. I want to collaborate. So do you feel like you weren't an artist before? I think that I was an artist with the pressures of the industry telling Mm. me what I should be doing. As opposed to what you want to be doing? Because I thought that what I wanted to be doing might not be as fresh as the next person because I was trying to be a part of the fad of popularity. So let's let's rewind. So you said kind of throughout the two years of COVID era, you Mm -hmm. were working on yourself. What did that process look like? Depression to start. Nice, honest answer. Let's go there. Congrats. Thanks for acknowledging. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to. That's acceptance and that's uh, evolution to some degree. I'm speaking way different now than I was then. And I didn't know that I was jaded when I first got to London coming from the States. And I'd say it was some high level that had me wanting to commit Mm. suicide or anything. And for anyone uh, that's not a joke, like it's Mm. a serious thing. And sitting in London that is gray, no offense again, it's guys. It's so great. It's so, so great. Everything's great. <laughs> but it really does affect your happiness. Yeah, yeah. It affects yeah. the smile, like the pigmentation of your skin, like your presence. It, it affects all of that. I have some of the illest confidence that you will ever encounter, I think, because I'm just so comfortable with everybody. I'm comfortable with myself. I don't, mm. I'm not going to pass judgment for anything. Do what you want to do. <laughs> cool. But it started off with depression, mm-hmm. and my wife created a system in the house for herself and she allowed me to sit in the dark figuratively while she's trying to figure out because this is our first time living together as well at that Mm -hmm. point she's trying to figure out like the balance of what's a good mood what's a bad mood 
Uh, how do you keep your toiletries? How do you keep your toiletries? Like, how do you cook? How do you clean the kitchen? Like, all of those small nuances kind of distracted me through the first four months. But then after that, the depression set in, like, month six, month seven. I was in Portugal at that time because I couldn't stay here for six months without papers. So I had to, you know, kind of dip country real quick, and then it gave me another perspective. The speed of my life has been NASCAR fast Mm. until 2020. I just got off Justin's tour in 2019, and I had about seven or eight months to where I was doing a few jobs here and there in L.A. Things started to slow down toward the pandemic because things were changing for everybody. And then when I jumped ship, nobody was working here in the U.K. Mm. that I was aware of, but I was networking during the pandemic. I met with all the agents, most of the agencies, and I'll keep some of my comments to myself on that one. But met with some of them, didn't go as planned, and that's when a few of the insecurities of the industry started to take shape Mm. where it's like why do I care that much when I can develop the opportunity but it took me a second to get to that point because now social media gives us that opportunity it gives us that platform but it also gives us that fuckery of this person just posted four videos what are you doing you just posted one (laughs) why does that fucking matter (laughs) I don't know but it does it does it's some makeshift I don't know why it does but it does like it's the new currency bro it is (laughs) it's crazy to even think that that's like going from in your face auditions to having artists that create every seven to ten years something amazing that you want to be a part of to now it's every week every month yeah it's like like quantity man yeah, over, it's all about quantity it's all of these content. articles like yeah. I, I always use that example for Justin mm-hmm. like I'm like as, as, a, as a soloist artist how many albums has he made five I think yeah right so you got uh, Justified Justified Future Sex Love Sound 2021 2020 part just, two we said Justified mm-hmm. yeah 2020 and, part two and then In the Woods yep Man of the Woods that's five Th- that's it right mm-hmm. and a yeah. few singles and then yo I rate him I think he's super dope how many is Bieber released? Oh, you know, yeah. like it, because he's younger, and this is different the generation. Because yeah. he's young and he's different generation, so he's trying to keep up with the kids because that's his demographic. Yeah. But he's even changed too. He's not putting out as many albums as he was before. Well, I'm sorry, he probably has ten, less than ten, possibly. I can't name all of them, but, but I know in, he's finding out. Legit, but, but in less of amount of time mm-hmm. than Justin, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thousand percent. And uh, yeah. you know, Bieber's five prob- to seven years Bieber, between Justin and Bieber's uh, probably Timberlake. bigger because the demographic of audience that he can reach. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as we go down in the history books and greatness, for me, and maybe that's because I'm a super fan. Like, mm-hmm. he's not greater. Like, because it's like the quantity as opposed to the quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll interject on that one based on how Justin Bieber started was of a different era. Of course. Same dyna- same dynamic as far as the pandemonium goes cuz Timberlake was with in sync for 5 so to 7 years. Yeah. Exactly. True. But that mass amount of fans is why he's been able to last because at that time period you have smaller industry. You got labels who are in control of your promotion versus mm. you being in control of it. Hence Bieber built his following from the ground up on YouTube. Yeah. To where that fan base, he has millions of fans before he got signed. Mm. Justin got that from Disney when he was 10. Yeah. But nobody mm. was really checking for him on Star Search and at 10 years old before he did the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm. From Mickey Mouse Club going into a five-year hiatus 
until he was 15, 16, going into NSYNC. NSYNC's pandemonium is competition with Backstreet Boys mm. and 98 Degrees. Mm. You go from that, pandemonium, all those girls who then transition into the mothers who now are the mothers of Justin Bieber's fans. True. Then they start out younger. They're 9, 10, 12 years old, Billie Eilish, mm. who are fanning over Bieber's pretty boy look at the time period, which is what the machine asked of him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had creative contributions to all of that stuff and not to take away from anyone. Um, but then just talking machines, he built his machine, whereas Justin built his with extra help. True. And then Bieber got the extra help as he continued to go and progress from performing outside of arenas to then performing in arenas to then going in stadiums. And now mm-hmm. he can do anything. Mm-hmm. So that YouTube speed to then transitions into Instagram speed to then now we're at TikTok speed to where albums don't really mean shit anymore. Nope. Mm. You got EPs now. That's what yeah. and singles. Bites. Facts. Yeah. I'm going to be one of the greatest. Uh, like. <laughs> you, just, you just need to drop a hook. Facts. Yeah. 20 seconds. As long as there's yeah. a 30 second hook, like you've, yeah. made it. like you've made it for a short meter of time. But then is the financial gain the same as it was? Because mm. again, that's a hard one. Because like if you think, obviously we're talking about artists and stuff, but like now money isn't in the, the single money is in the tour that is true yeah. like true. money is in ticket sales now it's not on album sales or song sales mm, exactly well streaming versus a unit I'm not well knowledgeed on this conversation too crazily but just my opinion of what I see from the outside obviously history a unit you know how much you're going to make from a unit versus a stream. I don't know mm-hmm. how streaming necessarily works too crazy because, again, I took a break from the industry yeah, yeah. until recently. Like, I really turned off. So to study that aspect, mm-hmm. hence movies going into the streaming room, I think there is a way. It is live. If we're allowed to go live, you make most of your money there and uh, your merch and all that stuff. Tyler, creator. Um but yeah, I think that's a hard one. I think they do still make some pretty decent money, though. Because these young kids, like these kids out here, dress like I dress. <laughs> what? <laughs> they I just got here. That's here. the difference, though. It's free. It's free. Because yeah. they're an influencer. Yeah. So they get, yo, I'll send you this. Whereas we didn't have that. Facts. Mm. You and only it was so got hard to get like, monetized. Oh, let's, let's hook up Usher's dancers. Facts. Mm. Here's a question for you. Because mm-hmm. you kind of live through the gen, you've performed through the generational change. Mm-hmm. What have you noticed the difference between when you're on stage performing to an audience, between kind of before social media to social media? Mm. Like, what's the. Perf- the energy like performing because what I notice is when I go to concerts I'm watching phone screens everywhere mm. whereas a few months ago I went to watch Gary Barlow do you know who Gary Barlow is mm-hmm. so he's like uh, from a British boy band called Take That and he's gone solo I would Justin Timberlake word up <laughs> come on <laughs> but older put me older. on I'm, I'm all about uh, it and his audience uh, my parents age okay you know generationally like 50 plus Dude, I did not see one phone. Oh, that's awesome. the entire concert. And I forgot what that felt like. Mm. And it was bonkers. It's creating Mm. a moment. There was no lights behind me. There was only lights there. (laughs) There was no glaring phones that I had to try and peer around. It was was so much more present. But like, I was like, wow, I wonder what it would be like going from a stage. Like, if you just get Mm. off that show and then you go on stage with Bieber... Like, I reckon that it's going to be more rowdy for Bieber. But what's that energy like giving and receiving between you and the audience? How mm. different is that? How much more present are they? Like, have you noticed a change since 
there's Instagram. I have, I have. But I think there is two ways to look, two perspectives to look at present, being present. Um, for the generation before us and part of our generation, I would say the lack of phones or the, the non-usage of phones is the allowance for people to be that much freer in them taking off their work jackets, whatever problems they might have had. It's all still the same. I go to a show to alleviate the pressure of what the world is, is doing or what work is doing or what's happening at home, right? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why we do it, to make everybody happy. Cool. Mm -hmm. But then the dynamic of a pressure of a phone is I can't mess up. I don't find joy in perfection. Uh, it's more permanent now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But it's one of those things where I used to find joy in trying things on stage versus tailoring them. Ah, uh, okay. When so I got it's with more Justin, of a pressure for you as a performer, mm. to some degree. Than, yeah, yeah, and it depends on how you take it because the world is clickbait right now. I can go on stage. You can become a meme pretty real pretty real quick. quick you but you can also use that to your advantage because <laughs> yes. artists do it. Yeah. A lot of artists will say. Cool, I'm gonna go on stage and I'm gonna punch one of my dancers and this is not really this didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go punch him and this is an example. I'm gonna punch you in the face and we're gonna get it on tape. I'm gonna pay you $150,000 to do it, but then you're gonna blow up because of this. Now you have to capitalize. Just an example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now imagine if I go out with a Chris and I'm on stage, everybody is recording me. Everybody is recording each individual artist. Because Chris is not the only artist anymore. No. You got other artists on stage with you that are as respected as you are. I had this conversation with an OG of mine when I went and did Usher in Vegas last year. And after one of the shows, I said, it's funny how <laughs> some of the artists or dancers, if you will, who are on this job uh, have a following almost as big as Ush. Mm. And he goes, um, well, people got to respect the fact that Usher can still sell out buildings. Ain't nobody checking for the social mm -hmm. socialite at a building. I said, yeah, that's a generational split. But if you put a live on, on Instagram or on TikTok, their numbers will rain just as heavy as his. Mm. Might even be a little bit more. If this person has 1.5 million, 2 million followers and Usher has 10, mm. that doesn't mean his engagement is just as well as this other person's. No. I can go on live and this person can have a million views, uh, viewers watching their shit and Usher only has 800,000. We're in a different world now. Mm. We're not talking live stage completely anymore. Yeah. Hence, going on stage and having phones versus no phones. The experience is similar, just a little different. Like, it's just a little bit of a shift that's taking place. It just depends on how you want to look at it. Because I think we all still have those advantages of being able to get off on stage and really deliver an emotion and get people to engage with us. But then now, the additive to that is, you have a phone? Let me see your phone so you can get a point of view from stage for your followers. That's going to help me, too. Mm. Now we're taking pictures together while I'm on stage and I'm supposed to be in formation. Yeah. But now choreographers and creative directors are creating based on that. Yeah. Okay, create this is a moments cool. for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why I say it is beautiful that we can have shows where you don't have phones still. And even in comedy now, you got Dave Chappelle who takes your phone and locks yeah, it. Joe Rogan too. Joe Rogan, he will lock your shit so that it's your present. You get the mm -hmm. message. And all you have to do is talk about it. And people will say, okay, cool, next time he comes in town, I got him. I can't miss it. 
you can get the same effect on social media. Damn it, I wish I was at that show because I'm looking at this hashtag. Next time they come to town, I can't miss it. Mm. It's just a little bit different, but it's all kind of the same. We're all speaking the same still. Mm. It's just the definitions of some of the same terms are a little bit, uh, uh, evol- they've evolved a little yeah. bit, I think. So whilst you were saying that, you said that now because of phones, everything's filmed, you feel like you can't maybe like explore, mm-hmm. right? I don't know the exact word you said, but you can't like maybe try new things. Mm-hmm. What does that do to you as a performer? Do you feel like you're creatively dimmed? So you can't like just express how you feel in that moment? Or like if you're like, you know, you get those urges where you're like, I want to try something. Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel like you don't have that ability anymore? No, just in I'm... case you get your whack moment or like, <laughs> you know, like you look Fact. back. It's like, I yeah. stopped, wait. Well, no, I don't think, I think you just have to do it faster. I think you have to get to Just do it quicker. But do it double speed. Do it double speed, <laughs> yes. I think uh, the rehearsal process helps with that. And again, this is just my opinion because I have not. And every dancer is going to feel it differently. 1,000%. And I do think that there is space for you to create in the moment and be on stage, especially if you know the moment that's coming up and if the choreography calls for that. that that's another thing. Because you know if it's for like a, a Marty, you have so much time for moments. Mm-hmm. You and you so can freestyle and be free. Oh, yeah. It's all you know, good. You have so much time to be creative. And mm-hmm. the same when you were doing Ush. There were so many moments where you got to be Cody and mm-hmm. not the Usher dancer. 1,000%. You know? But not every artist lets that happen. It's not. Mm-hmm. But even in those moments, it's personality that can bleed through each step. And if the allowance from the choreographer or the creative team gives you that, then you, know, you can breathe and it can make sense. Not saying that you are turning down your light. I think that you can shine. You just have to figure out a way to exist underneath that umbrella. Mm. I think you should be able to take the rehearsal process and really focus on, okay, each song, there's a moment that I can exist. While I'm rehearsing this number, how many different ways can I switch this moment before I get to the first show? Because then I can make a decision before I go out to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Hence, with Justin, be, uh, Justin Timberlake, when I was out with him, we had, before this, this is how intelligent Justin is, and this is how intelligent you have to be in order to be on that camp as well. Mm-hmm. One small thing, and I just kind of, I'm a, I'm re- no, I'm not rebellious. I'm a rebel to a degree, to where I do listen, but I'm gonna take a chance. I'm fast, I'm very quick, I'm nimble. So if there's choreography happening and I know it's coming, I'm going to throw a flip. I'm going to get on the floor. I'm going to do something that's going to be an eye catcher to then get into the choreography. And sometimes I don't make it, (laughs) which is cool. Me and Marty have had a moment where he saw me not make it and cracked up because I definitely laid flat Mm -hmm. on the floor Mm -hmm. for a second. (laughs) Him as a former B-boy, probably appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, big facts. But the moment was... Before the show even started, the show is like two hours long, two and a half hours. To get to suit and tie is a halfway point. That means we've already been on stage an hour, 15. Justin's already been on stage. We haven't talked to him before suit and tie, except for before the first number starts. So Ivan, Marty, myself, and Max would develop moments for suit and tie depending on the cities we were in. Or every night it would change. Mm-hmm. Not just your freestyle moments because of the way the structure of the show was. It's very immersive. But that moment in particular, the boys got together and we would say, okay, cool. Tonight, what you feeling like, Jay? Cool. This is what we're going to do. Bam, we're in St. Louis. We're going to do a dance from St. Louis. If we can nice. learn it. Uh, if we can't, then... Like a social, a social You know what I'm yeah. saying? If we can't get that or if you can't get it, which he normally would get it because mm-hmm. he's just quick. 
if you don't get that or if we fuck it up to some degree, then this is our option. We always had something solid to where we get up there and it looks like we've put something together. And it's just vibey. And that's just us being connected also. But he's gone at that point. He's already in the show. By the time we get there, he's going to look at us and we have to know it. Meanwhile, I'm on the side. I'm practicing that shit a little bit just so I don't fuck it up because I'm usually that guy. I'm (laughs) trying something. I'm like excited. So it doesn't, you don't, I'm not dimming my light. I actually get to use the flashlight a little bit more. Like I get to turn that bitch up a little bit to say creatively I contributed like this and I was an influence for this moment versus I made this step up. No, I'm the essence Mm. that you see. I can take your phone and still help create the moment on stage and give it back to you and get back in pocket. That's creative. Mm. That's a part of the freestyle now. You just have to adapt and you have to now use that to your advantage not just for the clickbait of it because you want the followers, but it really is creative integrity. Like, how can I be clever enough to execute my job meanwhile having fun with someone who came for an experience? If that makes yeah. all the sense, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like, just hearing you be like, I was on stage with Justin when I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, right. you know, it's so, yeah, like, it's, like, it's like, such a normal thing for him to say. And then meanwhile, exactly. my heart's going, oh. <laughs> 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 Bro, how does it feel to live, like, almost every dancer's dream? Like, oh, uh, even man. if it's not Justin, it's an Usher or a Darul or a Beyonce. Like, oh, man. <clears throat> um, I have no idea, man, because I swear, I'm just, I'm one doing what God asked me to do. Hmm. I have no control. Um... I just, I'm, I'm here to, to just be a vessel, man. I just want to give, and I want to collaborate, and I want to share. And if it's the dream of someone to be in my shoes, by all means, come join me. Or it's, you can have my spot, because I think up. it's enough. Right, facts. <laughs> it's enough for everyone. I think everybody can exist and, and have the opportunity to meet said dream. But I also think that there is a glossed screen in front of our perspectives of dreams in regards to dance industry or in regards to like entertainment because it's not once you do one tour it's the same you just get a different experience as far as how that same opportunity is given to you to go from a Nicki Minaj that I toured with in Africa for a month or so that experience was different because I also had to learn the show in two days Coming on with Usher, I had to learn that show in three days before coming to London for my first set to do Wembley, 95,000 people. What? Mm. To then go with Justin, I mean, uh, to go with Jason Derulo at a time period where I was on the road with him for a month and we had to let someone go and I had to learn the show in six hours Mm. to then get on stage that night. There's also stories that are attached to that because I wasn't prepared and inexperienced. But then to go to a Chris, I got the opportunity to go from the beginning and I wore that shit out. But then there was an opportunity that came up with Chris a little later after I wasn't on tour with him after Justin, where I had to learn the new set in two days. Like, so it just, it all depends, man. Like, it depends on what the dream is and it depends on what you want to pull from it. Because I, I like working with artists. Not to say they have to be a musical artist like a Chris, but I enjoy working with directors. I enjoy working with artists like producers. I enjoy working with creative directors. Because no matter what you're working on as a creative director, I want to be a part of it because I respect and I enjoy what you give to the world because it's not just the artist that created this. No, you guys had a collaborative moment mm-hmm. together to produce this bottle of water, man. Like, I will drink this until the day I die, but I also want to figure out how can I revamp this motherfucker to put my thumbprint on it? Like, mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. 
So anytime I work with artists at this point, hence an actor or singer, rapper, or whatever, I just want to be able to feel like it is a collaborative uh, relationship versus it being, oh, you're just, because I'm not just one thing. I would like mm. to exist as more than that from here forward, hence why I give a fuck about a job, man. Let's create. Mm. How did you get into the industry? Cool. Like, yeah. like, like, what's the I, I, I want to touch on this as well. Like, because you said you started working at 18. Ish, yeah. When did you start dancing? 18. And, you know, see, I said you started dancing at 18. Yeah, that's you started what working like, at 19 say, and working and a half. Or dancing? 19 mm-hmm. 20. Like, so how did you go from, so your first ever class was at 18? Never took classes. So I, I've danced to my the streets. Facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> little kids. You know I'm going to do this for little saints. I'm going to throw that out yeah. there. Um, I started dancing at a young age, just feeling like movement. My dad loved funk music. Mm. I wasn't allowed to listen to R&B and funk music in the house because my mom is very religious. Right. So mm-hmm. no secular music in the house at all. Just gospel music. Oh, wow. So I would play the drums in the house. I would be in church, like, playing the drums. Like, I have that in my spirit. Like, I have music in my soul. So I've always been around, like, movement, playing sports. I played basketball from five and played ba- – I played baseball and basketball, baseball until I was about 15, and then I played basketball until I was a- around 18, uh, mm-hmm. 17, turning 18. Um, and I used to battle when I was a little younger in North Carolina. I grew up in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know that necessarily, no, like – but that's home, home roots. Like, I grew up there. And then I moved to Atlanta when I was 17 – to finish my high school career. And I say that I was raised in North Carolina, but I grew up in Atlanta because Atlanta will change you. Like right. it will give you some that's tough what skin. your character. Yes, 1000%. Um, and that's where a lot of my swagger came from as far as my dance presentation. I mm-hmm. developed myself there. I can always spot a dancer when they're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a posture, that's man. Fact. Yeah. So, so Kyle, me and Kylin, who obviously you know from our show, we spoke about like the difference between dance in the States and the dance in the UK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll go back to what you're saying. Yeah. But the in the States, I feel like you're allowed to move in a specific way because it re- kind of represents where you're from. Like we mm-hmm. can we can look at a dancer and be like, oh, you trained uh, uh, in New York. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, we can look at a dancer and be like, oh, you're, you're, an, you're an LA like class dancer. Mm-hmm. We can be like, oh, you're from Atlanta and you're from, you're from Chicago. Like we can kind of mm-hmm. see the movement styles. Whereas when you come to the UK, you have no idea where anyone's from Machine. because because we're all told that you have to be this way and mm. we all and you train. all moved to London. Yeah, and everyone moves to London. Yeah, yeah. Basically, every, a lot of people move to LA. It's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. But here, I feel like we lose our DNA of a dancer of what where we started. Well, that's Whereas, where agency and like individual creatives align and they make the industry that. Yes. Whereas in the states, but I also think where you have more. Job, job opportunities so there's more choreographers so their identity mm-hmm. represents mm-hmm. like you know you have a, a Jaquel and an Akamon mm-hmm. and a Bankhead who are all from Atlanta right but yes. they all have their own oh, thing 1000% but then that trickles down to you know I can see the AJ in you in me and in mm-hmm. Marv and then I can see mm-hmm. the uh, Jaquel in Bankhead and like Diddy well kind of well, like cause Jaquel you know what I'm saying is like similar neighborhoods but you get that that's what you're saying is the individuality is accepted more yes mm-hmm. and that's what some that's what most mainstream commercial artists in the states look for mm-hmm. whereas my opinion here in the UK when Brian Friedman came to live here that changed the dynamic of the UK mm-hmm. 
and I had wind of it because he's jazz funk, mm-hmm. but so many other things because that man is it, nasty. Can do anything. Anything. But, you know, you have people who were younger who trained with him and trained under him while he was living here who now, not to say run the industry, but they're in quite senior, senior positions mm-hmm. to where, you know, they are more on the creative side and it's not too much room for any younger opportunities to come through the doors necessarily. Again, no offense to any of this. It's just my opinion mm-hmm, from what I'm seeing. Yeah, that's why you're here, bro. <laughs> <It's> us, okay. <laughs> Hence the commercial style. I've never mm-hmm. heard that commercial was a style of dance. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> my pet peeve, bro. <laughs> do, you, do you think there's... In America, and this might be a very ignorant comment, there's more... Never dance outside of studios like in UK in my mind there isn't much of a street dance scene because it rains every day because <laughs> it rains every day <laughs> do, do you know what I mean like well, the only place to be well, well, like it's there is a scene but I don't think it's as big as like in percentage terms as there is in well, it's kind of like you said he's like it's just opportunity like the doors are a lot wider in the states as far as you can be considered a popper in the States and literally and just li- stay like, with the popping You can be community. mad chad and just make a living popping. Popping. Mm. Because right. commercially, hence a genre of film and entertainment, not dance, you can go on a commercial route and say, I want him to hold my cell phone doing his specialty. That's right. like any fight artist who can get put in a film to be a double for an, art, uh, for an actor, actress. Mm. It's just a a larger pool, I guess. And some producers, some directors like change because, again, the machine just moves forward in the States. The machine moves forward here. It's just it's its own pot. You can't. It is what it is. Like, Mm. that's when you come to the States, you got to adapt. I'm not going to come to the U.K. and say bad things about the U.K. because Mm. I'm not accepted in some in some way to choreograph, to do whatever, which in some cases at the beginning of the pandemic, I did feel that way, to be honest. But then now I actually, I get it because I'm coming into your living room. I'm not from here. I got to learn what you do. I have to learn what what you guys do here. I have to show that my movement can move in your community because this ain't my shit. I have to tailor myself to adapt. And if I want to do that, I will. And if I don't want to do it, I won't. Um... Let's, let's roll back. 1718. Yeah, yes. sorry. I, I, I no super sidetracked, but I was like, I need no, to pick No, it's all your... good. All good. We can, we can do this again. Like, I, I like talking, man. Obviously, I've been in here chatting up. Um, but yes, so moved to Atlanta when I was 17. I moved out of the house when I was 17. Mm-hmm. So at that time period in North Carolina, I had been battling in nightclubs, battling with radio stations and shit. Me and some friends of mine um, in the neighborhood, we used to just dance in my driveway in the reflections of my mom and dad's car in my garage. Mm. On some You Got Served shit. We went to see You Got Served together, and that was the fuck it. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God, I want to do this. Can you do that in slow motion? No. But uh, at that point, we had started at, like, high school talent shows and such and neighborhood talent shows just because I didn't live in the, the best area at first. So they were creating opportunity for us to just stay out of trouble, hence sports and, you know, recreation centers and all that stuff. So when I moved to Atlanta, I needed money. I moved out. I had a little savings from a lawn service that I had, and I got me a little one-bedroom apartment, had a little trash-ass car, and I was finishing high school. So in that, I would go to a nightclub called ATL Crunk. 
<laughs> Sounds that like a TV show. It does. I mean, damn near close to it. If you had had, if you would have had a camera in there, it would have felt the yeah. same. I promise you. So ATL Crunk was a nightclub in Atlanta at a point in time. The Jump Off was a teen club right. that I used to pass out flyers for for DJ Southernbred, and I'm still friends with him to this day. And him and his girl at the time, Leah Love, they used to come to my high school and pass out flyers. But then I was teaching at, not teaching, I was um, during the summer, my first summer there, I was at this uh, church camp wrangling kids. And I just make them dance and, you know, have fun, whatever, just keep them entertained. This guy was like, yo, you got to come with this bomb squad, man. They, like, they dance in these nightclubs, they get paid. I was like, cool, I need another check. So take me to the rehearsal, and I'll show them what I got. And at this time, I'm battle mentality. Like, I'm confident that I'm nasty. I'm good. Not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm decent. I'm decent. So from that point, it went from somebody seeing me dance at a camp that I was working at, getting with this uh, dance crew called the Bomb Squad, which was an ATL crank, which is a dance style in Atlanta that everybody should know. Old school, new school. Kids still today understand what it is, even if they're not doing it all the way right. Mm -hmm. uh, went from that into a nightclub. And in that nightclub, I danced for $150 as a go-go dancer. Not in the underwear and all that shit, but like I literally. That. You know what I'm saying? That was me. I got you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was just to get the party started at the beginning of the club night. Give me a little bit of alcohol here and there. Give me $150 for the night. Do another nice. club on Sunday. A mentor of mine saw me in the nightclub and was like, yeah, so meet me at this studio and um, let's see what happens. I said, well, I don't know you, so I got to work at Dunkin' Donuts at the time as well. So I had a couple jobs. Graduated high school. He says, cool, meet me at this spot. I get off work. I said, I'll meet you after I get out of work, blah, blah, blah. Walk in the studio. Um, he introduced me to Carrie Hilson at first and he said casual right and it's a friend of his and I didn't know who he was necessarily I was at this place called the Artist Factory as well so it was a lot of stuff happening at one time the city is boiling me and Jaquel and Sean are rehearsing in a friend of ours Tiffany Burgess's basement so I go from high school to work I would pick Jaquel up from school sometimes to then go to Sean's house to kick it with him to then go to Tiffany's house for the weekend to dance in her basement meanwhile I'm at the nightclub trying to make a check that's an hour away from my actual apartment and have no gas money to get anywhere so I'm low-key riding on fumes go from that go in the studio with my homeboy now and he introduces me to Carrie Hilson first day is just me and her and him in the studio he turns on uh uh, a song from Shock Value on Timberland's album it hasn't come out yet and I'm like okay cool he said just freestyle to this and I heard the song on like that pit not that piff but on Napster or some shit mm. and I'm like okay I knew this I freestyle to it lyrics it's my style he's like cool you're gonna come back tomorrow and we're gonna do this again then when, it, when I came back Jamaica Craft walks in and she's like, okay, let me. <laughs> what is the story? Well, actually, I, I'm I'm, mix, I'm mixing the story up just a little bit. Let me let me backtrack for two steps. We go to Carrie first. I meet her. A couple days that we do that before Jamaica comes in. Al Jamal, which is the guy, my one of my mentors, because I have two of them, three of them. Um, he takes me to the artist factory where I was already doing sessions at, just dancing. And it's with Sierra, 
because he's still dancing for Sierra at the time. And he's trying to get out of the dance scene and he's transitioning into other things. He says, come into this rehearsal. If you can learn these steps, I'll let you take my spot. I said, I don't know what that means because I'm new. I don't know what that means. I've never done an eight count. I've never done any choreography. I was say, are you ta- you've never been taking a class. <laughs> Nothing. So your pickup speed's probably shit. Shit. Like, yeah. And you're telling me I got to learn 13 songs in three days. What? And you've never taken class Not before. a single what? nothing. <laughs> okay. But I on. didn't get that at first. As right. I look back on my career, I notice those things now. Mm-hmm. But these creatives in these positions are not going to just say, here, this is what it is, just do that and you're straight. It's like, so I'm telling you that I'm going to give you this glass, but are you going to reach for it first before I get to that stopping point? So in this rehearsal, I'm in the room with Rio Henderson. He's choreographing a little bit and he's about to go on the tour as well. You got Vic Damone, you got Brittany Perry Russell. Um, Jamaica's in there, Sierra's in there, and Al Jamal looks at me, he says, when the music comes on, dance, and don't stop fucking dancing until the music turns off. I said, all right, cool. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I got that metal mentality, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, I'm about to wreck house in this shit. Y'all are professionals, so am I. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because <laughs> y'all can do steps, I can't. They turn the music on, and Sierra is in the corner next to this pillar. And Jamaica comes in and she gives me a little light hug. She says, hey, I'm Jamaica, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. She goes in the and corner. And I know that you probably didn't know who that was, did I, you? I thought she was Tanisha Scott. Oh. <laughs> because there was a commercial on MTV where Tanisha Scott is explaining dance in a dance studio, but they had a similar vibe because they both had wavy hair. They're mm. both short, very curvaceous women, and they're both chocolate. And I love that woman at that time period. I'm like, girl, okay. When I tell you, I'm single at the time, so I'm like, if I see you, I'm going to touch you, okay? <laughs> Ladies, I don't do that without permission. Um, and I'm also married now, so I don't do that at Great all. Great disclaimer. <laughs> but, or without yeah, permission. Yes, <laughs> yes, without permission on her end. Um, but at the same token, she turned the music on, and I go crazy. I'm going crazy in the corner, just dancing. Nobody's even, the dancers are stretching, and Sierra's not even looking. But then next thing you know, she turns and she looks. They turn off the music. I stop. Al Jamal daps me up. And Sierra says, come here. Do that again. I was like, do what? She was like, do this step. And she kind of mimicked it. And she, we're the same age. Right. She's getting out of high school as I'm out of high school. So I'm looking at her like, oh, I'm about to give you rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and we went back and forth before rehearsal started with everybody. <clears throat> went back and forth a couple rounds, and I was showing her some shit, and she's just eating my steps up. And I'm like, yo, I ain't ever, like, nobody's ever done my shit like me before. And she was close. And after that moment, I, I didn't get the job because I didn't understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. And then he took me back to Carrie. And in that, I started working with her a little bit more. And then Jamaica walks in and she's like, cool, I want you to put together a couple of steps for this tour that they're about to go on. And I choreographed with her and Othan and a few others, but I was never in the room with those other starlights. I just was assisting Jamaica. Like mm-hmm. she was teaching me the game. And I didn't know that that's what was happening. A lot of these opportunities that I got with these uh, creatives, I didn't understand at the time, but I understand way more now and as my career has gone forward, what was happening. And I hope that I can pass a torch the same way they did. I went from that. Sorry, I'm being long-winded. No, but I'm so invested. You're so invested. You're so invested. Got you, got you. So I went from that. Stop talking when the light turns off. Got you. So I went from that moment to just being with Jamaica for like six months. 
in that process, we're still with Carrie and she's introducing me to just other people and we're in the studio together and I'm just dancing around and all this stuff and they're just investing energy in me. Still at the Artist Factory trying to figure it out. Figure it out. She goes on tour with Sierra or they go on tour and I don't hear from her. Al Jamal's out on the road. So they're on a world tour for Evolution of Me, if that's the name of the album, I forget, or the Evolution of Sierra, evolution something like Sierra. that. Um, that. So it goes from that to... In one of the carry rehearsals, on one of the breaks that they had, Al Jamal brings me in and he's talking, and I'm doing something on the floor. He's like, you know that the girls are not going to do that step. Not that they can't do it, they're just not going to do that step. I said, okay, cool. He said, you know who you need to be dancing for or you need to be walking with? I said, who? He was like, uh, Usher. I said, get the fuck out of here. He was like, no, for real. I said, if you can make that happen, you tell that man I'll dance for $50 a show. And he looked at me with the soul of the devil and said, you will never, ever say that to anybody else. And mm. you won't say that in front of anyone. I don't want to hear you say that ever again. And I said, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got my ass handed to me for what? Why? What did I, what did I say? I was being for real. Yeah. yeah, like pay me $50. I will get the fuck up there and go off. Because at that point, I'm not really making any money in these rehearsals because I'm just getting into the game at the mm. time period and I'm not savvy business-wise on... You're on an apprenticeship, bro. You know what I'm saying? Right. I was there as a fucking assistant. Like, get your coffee, I'll get your water, like, whatever you need, learn that step, I'll tell them what you need me to tell them, whatever it is. And that's what I was learning, right? From that point, I go back to Dunkin' Donuts, just like six months later, no dance, just nightclub still, Dunkin' Donuts, battles here and there. Al Jamal hits me up. Hey, meet me at J-Pat. And J-Pat is a famous studio in Atlanta that Usher's mom and him started. But I didn't know that at the time period because promotion for these things, YouTube wasn't a thing yet. No social media besides MySpace and, like, Black Planet and fucking before <laughs> fa like Facebook up. just started and shit. You know what I'm saying? And, and he wasn't in my top ten friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all not in your top eight. We don't like each other anymore. Like, so it's, it's, it got to that point where he said, come to that studio literally walk into one of the side studios after work, it's like five, six in the afternoon. Akamon Jones is sitting in the corner holding sage and burning it. And he gets up and I walk through the door and I look to my right and Usher is in the corner next to the fucking stereo laughing. He's just like giggling. <laughs> the fuck you laughing at? And you're fucking Usher. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I'm panting at this point. Like, I'm kind of like, not anxiety, but I'm just like excited. Like, don't. Be a fanboy. Don't freak <laughs> out. Because cool. cool. just I'll glide over. <laughs> but that's what's happening. AJ gets up and he's fucking gliding over. <laughs> and with Sage in his hand, and he puts the Sage out in his hand. And I look at him and I'm like, you're the dude from the Aaliyah music video. Where's your hair? <laughs> He looks at me and goes, yeah, swear. Yeah. <laughs> swear. No over-exaggeration. I lied to you not. Al Jamal puts his hand on my shoulder. And you won't even know who these people are probably that I'm naming in some cases, but they are OGs you to should. the industry. You should. <laughs> yeah. He puts his AJ. hand on my shoulder. And he goes, chill. I'm like, calm down. I said, sorry. I just, I recognize him. And, you know, he's, I, I was copying him. Didn't even know who he was. And didn't know who I was meeting. And I already moved like him and Marty at the time period. Because fucking uh, Justified 
had been out for a while at that point. And this is like years later. This yeah. is before he put out Future Sex. So I'm still looking at old music videos that I've recorded and I'm copying their steps. I didn't know that, that don't be so quick to walk away. That breakdown, I was taking movement from that. I was taking movement from Usher shit. I was taking movement from Aaliyah and I was doing my own thing with it and I'm freestyling at the same time. So that was my study habit and I'm very good at study with movement and knowledge for movement. So AJ puts the shit out, wipes his hand off, he shakes my hand, says, what's up, I'm AJ. He gives me a CD at the time, <laughs> and it's only wow. eight songs on the CD, but it's unreleased Usher music. Man. And he goes, it's track six. Looks me dead in my face. It's track six. If I hear five or seven, you're fired. <laughs> this is your shit. Exact words. I said, he's like, this is your shit. I mean, whatever you need, it's your shit. I just, I'm happy to be in the room, G. He goes, word up, I like how that sounds. That's cool, that's cool. Well, there's a studio in that corner. Go in the studio, just create a hook. The hook is at this timestamp. Very intelligent, it's at this timestamp. I said, okay, cool. I put the shit together in like 15 minutes. Full double hook. What's your name, baby, what's your number? Off of Here I Stand album. And they were doing it for this NFL football opening thing. This is me assisting. I'm not choreographing, head choreographing anything. I am choreographing, and they pick and choose what parts they want to use in that light. And for that particular performance, funny story, I'm in the room, I do it, and I just open the door, and I come out. Him and Usher are, are workshopping. They're producing for the tour, just them two, and they're sweating like shit. Al Jamal is on his phone. He's in the corner doing business because he's a businessman and shit. He looks at me. He's like, what you doing? I was like, I'm done. <laughs> he's like... He's like, go back in the room, practice it. I was like, no, nah, I'm straight. I'm also rough around the edges. So I'm speaking like we all boys, like, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. good. Nah, we straight. I ain't got to go back in there and rehearse. I'll give you rounds too, like whatever. <laughs> and he's like, motherfucker, go back in the room because they're working. I'm like, no, I'm done. They stopped the music. AJ looks at me and he's like, what's up? I said, I finished. He said, Aljamal, can you just go look at it? I was like, okay, go back in the room. I show him. He looks at it. He says, wait a second, stay in here. He leaves out the room. The music stops in the other room, and they're quiet for like five minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And if I open this door, I feel like I'm going to get my ass kicked. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think that I should do this. <laughs> I don't think I should do this. I crack the door. And as soon as I'm cracking the door to open it, AJ walks in. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. He says, let me see it. And I've, again, I've stolen movement. <laughs> but the way that I've put Still things to, okay? But it's like one or two moves that I've taken that he already, AJ already knows, because when he danced with Justin, I didn't know that was him mm -hmm. in the My Love video and in the fucking all that shit. And the Aaliyah step that I used, I didn't know that he was a part of that shit outside of that music video I saw him in. And those two textures, I now remember, he took those out, but everything else was original me. It was all my shit. And it, of course, a double hook is a minute or less, like 45 mm -hmm. seconds. And you did it in 15 minutes. And I did it in 15 minutes because I, I can still choreograph off the top of my head. Sometimes mm -hmm. in classes, I will choreograph my class in class mm -hmm. just based on the vibe. And if I'm really fucking with the song, and that comes from practice with Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Jamaica will make you that creative as well. Mm -hmm. When you get to that high vibration, it's just happening. At any moment, an artist could say, I don't like that shit. Change it right in rehearsal with 20 dancers mm. and you're in the room and you got five minutes of a break to produce something so that we can keep rehearsals going and if you don't deliver then that is means to get you kicked out of that motherfucker like mm. you got to be on it so in this light 
AJ comes in the room. He looks at it. He looks at it. He looks at it. He says, do it again. I did it like four or five times. He says, wait one second. They both leave. <laughs> Another five minutes goes by, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is going on? It's almost like midnight at this point because I've been there all day just kind of chilling. And he says, all right, Usher comes in. He says, all right, little motherfucker, let me see it. I hear it's good. Well, you heard right, I think, I hope. Play the music, he says, and he just walks out. <laughs> I'm having a fucking panic attack at this point. I was like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Am I here to stay? Like, am I fired? What's going on? AJ comes in, he talks to me. He's like, what you did, it was good. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to take this out. I'm going to take this out. And he put his own movement there. And he danced with me for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And then whatever he added and I put in, he produced. And then he put it in the show. And it evolved with the movement of the stage and all that shit. And I was just learning by watching it on TV from home. Got no credit because I just was assisting in the moment. Mm. But it was also my apprenticeship. Mm. So I didn't know those things anyway. Now the game is different. If you assist or if you put any steps on anything, somebody's quick to say, I'm a choreographer. Wrong. Anyways, um, but in that moment, that built, that started the relationship with me and Ock to where he would just ask me to come up to the studio and he would just put choreography on me. And that's how I learned how to do eight counts. That's how I learned mm. how to do choreography. Learn how to create it. I learned texture. I learned how to learn it. I learned how to perform to some degree. I developed my style based off of him saying, do this, learn this. You want to approach it like this. He molded me just as well as Jamaica did, just as well as Al Jamal did, just as well as a Sean Bankhead and a Jaquel, because I'm training with them, not their steps, but we're developing our styles around each other. As far as like we're just in the same space, we taking class from each other. The city of Atlanta didn't have a lot of dance opportunity yet. It was happening, but there's a lot of music. Mm. So it was a lot of development happening. So all of these things that I just explained were happening to me. Meanwhile, Jaquil is going through his thing. Sean is going through his thing. Jasmine Beatty, who is JB, is doing her thing. We're all in high school, leaving high school, some going to college, trying to figure out what the next steps of life are. But I'm the only one who just started working. I auditioned for Usher, didn't get it. I auditioned for Usher four times, didn't get it until like the fifth time that I, and I didn't even have to audition the fifth time. I had just been working with AJ for a couple of years at that point, and I just started getting facial hair. I started gaining a little weight, and that's when a lot of other things started taking shape as far as movies and some commercial opportunities and me getting with Block. I was with Block in 2006 in Block South. So Nefertiti Robinson, which is Fatima Robinson's sister, was my agent and a friend of hers, which is Cindy Schneider, who uh, owned Dance 411. Fatima's sister was an agent of Block? Yeah, but in, in the South, it was Block South. So they started in 2006. Chuck Maldonado did our audition. And me? that makes so much sense why Fatima is like Team Block. 1,000%. You know what I mean? Like They all started you know, together, go, I think. It makes sense. Like, yep. you put mm-hmm. a piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at the early 2000s. All of them, Rich and Tone, Jamaica, Swoop, AJ, Punch, Goofy, all of these dancers, they all came in around the same time. Fatima mm. is one of the ones, and Frank Gatson are one of the ones that opened the doors. Jamal Sims are one of the, some mm-hmm. of the ones that opened the doors for the opportunity of high finance, like your Jamie Kings and all that yeah. stuff, but on a more urban commercial end. Yeah, the as opposed to the pop jazz the funk pop culture. J- exactly. Because Jamie King's like the high-end creative pop jazz funk. 1,000. Brian Freeman, mm-hmm. Britney Spears-esque. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you got the Marty who's in that realm as well mm-hmm. at the time period. Yeah, doing pink, 
exactly Mariah, like mm-hmm. not but work. harnessing his own style hence what i did in the room when aj was molding me and jamaica was molding me just as far as movement goes jamaica was more my mindset at an early time and then she made me a star whereas aj refined that and gave me more of a confident like walk because the mental approach from both of them you can't beat that yo you like were like i don't want to say molded but like polished by two of like the most the, elite the elite yeah. like mad like alex ferguson and Arsene Wenger. yeah like in, in like soccer uh, football teams okay. like it couldn't get any better and what's yeah. mad is you went from just being a, like well i said just being, being a battler to just straight to, to like putting stamps on that and I got a story about my first job I, my first my first real dance job was Stomp the Yard was yeah, it? I wanted to say that yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Snuck, I snuck into that audition Dude, I, yeah. you snuck in mm-hmm. that's, that's how I got my agent let's <laughs> go cause Cindy and Neff were running the audition and me and Neo had a moment actually cause he was in the film obviously mm-hmm. we know that yeah. and he was mm-hmm. top 10 with four singles on the top 10 106 in Park at the time because he put out uh, what was it? Uh, because of you. Yeah. Hmm. So that album is doing crazy numbers at the time. Dave Scott and Chuck Mononato are choreographing the movie, and it's at the Artist Factory where I am working at the time. Hence, that whole story I just gave you. All of this is happening at the same time. Everything is happening at the same time. A friend of mine, also Crispy, who was the third member of TLC, um, after Lisa passed, I was dancing with her. We were sessioning. I was bat- again at the nightclub. I'm meeting all these industry people at this nightclub. Crazy. Man. And. <laughs> She goes, well, I got an audition I'm going to in the morning. You want to go? I think you need an agent. I was like, what the fuck is an agent? <laughs> she was like, it's the person that gives you work. Cool. Well, hopefully they can give me a job. It's like, well, you have to have one in order to go into the audition. I said, I'm showing up anyway. I pull up. Sinead and Nefer in the front. I have on a beanie with a bill on, on the front of it, like a New Yorker's bill hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have on this big-ass thermal and a white T-shirt that goes to my knees under it, some beat-up-ass gray sweatpants and felines. Mm-hmm. I look like a snap boy straight up from Atlanta, like <laughs> country boy, not nothing, just rough, right? Hair's long. Go into the door. They said, if you don't have an agent, you got to go home. Now, I, I work at the Artist Factory at this point. I'm doing an internship there as well. Mm. The studio that they're using is the studio that I practice in at this point. Very like, small. Like, this is my yard. <laughs> <laughs> this is my yard, bitch. Like, <laughs> so Nefertiti looks at me, and she's like, you're cute. I was like, so are you. <laughs> not knowing that she's a little bit older than me and I'm just being silly anyway I'm very charismatic but she goes well you don't have an agent you can't audition I'm sorry so you have to leave I said okay you're not even going to see me da- like you don't want to see me dance she was like no excuse me she's like no it's just we have a time stamp blah, blah 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 meanwhile I see Neo walk through and I was like there's a back hallway there's another entrance got it and I see Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle Dave Scott pull up he walks in the door hey Neff what's up Cindy, da, 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 give a kiss go into the room you hear music blaring everywhere. A line of guys, you hear stepping happening in some locations. I didn't see Chuck, but there's a room that's in the back that had a few starlights in it that are in the movie, some producers, directors. And I think that they based my audition on the scene in the movie. They will never tell you this, it's just my opinion, but I feel like mm. this is what happened. Anyways, I go around the side 
which is the front entrance, and I go in that way. I know the assistant at the front desk. Hey, what's up? Natalie, whatever your name is, how's it going? I'm just going to go to the bathroom, and I'm going to come back out. You know, she's like, yes, yeah, so audition happening in the back. Just don't go all the way down the hallway, blah, blah, blah. If you can, just go as far yeah, as like, the break room. That's like, <laughs> cool, got it. Ching, gotcha. <laughs> I go back there anyway. As soon as I go around the corner, I can see Cindy and Neff still letting people in the door that they just kicked me out of, and their backs are to me. So I'm walking straight, and then I'm doing, like, hand tutting like this bullshit just practicing as I'm walking down the hallway because I'm like let me warm up because I'm about to go in here and lay everybody out again <laughs> I'm about to give you rounds <laughs> uh, Dave Scott was like are you auditioning I was like yeah he was like just go in that room right there which is the studio that I practice in I was like okay cool no problem I shoot in that room so fast get in there and I'm warming up I'm stretching it's a bunch of guys like some dudes are on the floor I was like okay I can break a little bit he's breaking I'm, like, I'm gonna steal that shit okay cool you're popping I'm better at popping than you cool I'm gonna get your ass I'm thinking I'm thinking the audition process is a battle it is technically mm-hmm. but I'm thinking we about audition. to go this is me at auditions you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. Like, we're friends but I'm gonna wear your ass out so in that, Neo walks in and I'm practicing and he looks at me, he was like, yo, how you do that with your fingers? And I teach him this and he's like, okay, cool. He was like, well, come with me. I was like, okay. And he just walks me into the room. Dave Dude, you're your life, man. That's, That's the craziest shit. That's why I said I have no control over what's happened in my career. I didn't dream of this. I've had dreams of pointing at lights. Literally, I've had dreams about being in a, a room that has built itself over time. It didn't have a floor in the beginning. It didn't have an audience in the beginning. It just had lights, and I was doing this. Mm-hmm. But then over time, the room was black, and then there was flooring, and then the flooring would change. So over time, there has been dreams that have happened in my life that have pushed me toward entertainment, and I've always been around music, always loved mu- movement, and I can do them easily. So, like I said, it's just God, man, higher power, high vibration. I just don't, at a time period, I didn't allow the negativity to embrace my spirit. Like, it didn't sit in my spirit until, I told you with the pandemic, a few things started to change because I've been in the game for a while and there's positions that you want to be in. And then I start dreaming of positions I want to be in and not being there quite yet at that time period and even to date. All of us are still wanting to evolve and be who we're going to be at the highest level of our being you get what I'm, get what I'm saying? Mm. Um, but in that moment, you know, I found another bit of my starlight, just being able to walk into rooms without permission. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to walk in this room. I'm going to walk in this room. If that door is cracked, I'm going to put my foot through it. Mm-hmm. Usher also told me this, uh, one of the last interactions we had. Um, he was rehearsing for the Remy Martin commercial that they just put out last year. We're leaving rehearsal. He says, um, there's a gate outside of Live Art. Mm-hmm. And the car area is closed because COVID, they had classes outside and shit. There's two doors on the sides. One of them was locked and the other one was not. My door was not locked, but I didn't check it. I just watched Ush and he couldn't open the door. So I was like, oh, this door is locked. I'm going to go inside and I'm going to get somebody to come unlock it so we can leave. He says, eh. Don't, don't, don't move yet. Did you check the door? I was like, no, no, no. And he looked at me as he touches the handle. He said, now, the difference between us and them is that we open doors. And he just walked through the fucking door. I said, you're an asshole. <laughs> that was fucking great. He says, the difference between us and them is that we don't, we're not fearful of a closed door. We hmm. literally open it. Hmm. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to open the door. Hence why I was not too scared after a point to be here in the UK. Because I'm going to get what I'm going to get. What are you going to get? 
whatever comes to my table, like whatever it is, like I would like to be working creatively here with the starlights of this city. But due to lack of acceptance of change, and that's an industry thing, that's not an individual thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that my time will be up here before that opportunity presents itself fully. Mm. Mm. And that is coming to an end because I will be leaving the UK soon, sadly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you well, you just like <laughs> melted all our hearts melt and then crushed them. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know when yet, yeah. but um, is it's that just, just off a feeling, or is there like logic behind this? It's logic. Yeah, there's oh, logic. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things uh, with the home base that I am going to have to get back to, mm-hmm. um, and I won't be able to be here and there at the same time in order to accomplish those things. Yeah. Sadly, what what is it you think? about yourself that made all these industry icons grad- gravitate towards you? I was going to ask the same question. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's obviously not by coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like one times maybe, but I like, Yeah, once, repeat, but it's twice, but, like, I don't know about the viewers or the listeners. Like, you might not be as educated on dance culture, but, like, every single person you've named is a somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, from someone who's done, like, I've done dance homework, like, motherfuckers have done doctors, <coughs> PhDs five times over. Mm-hmm. Like, and all of the people that you name, it's like, w- as a dancer from here, let alone imagine being in the States or maybe from where you're from, like, they're all people that we would die to get in front of. Oh, yeah. Just to spend half an hour with, to oh, be yeah. like, watch me dance, fix this. Mm-hmm. What is it do you think that you have that made them gravitate towards you? Because it's not like you were seeking the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just was so happening. It's, it's as if they were seeking you. That's how it happens. Hmm. You, you. First, I will say high vibration. It is a higher power that I can't explain. I'm a believer in God, and I don't have any judgments to pass on anyone's beliefs. But I do believe in a higher power. I think that is the gist of it. Um, but I also, again, I'm a study rat. And I know I, I'm very detailed, and I love to put my own personality on things that exist. Because at an early time, I understood that Van Gogh is a real thing. Research him, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Like, this bottle cap is blue. I'm going to do the same bottle, but my bottle cap's green. It's the same thing. I just changed the personality of it. Mm. So I was great. I'm still great at doing that. I am great at doing that. And... I think I ran in a lane of my own as far as club dances. I took the snap movement, Pool Palace, which is the walk it out, Mm -hmm. Um, the futuristic time period of the unsit music of the Mm -hmm. mid of the tens, 2010s, I was able to create a look and be open enough to accept what they wanted to give with no judgment. I never, I think things are whack, but I won't say right off the bat, that's trash. I try to find a different perspective of how it can be approached so that we can make it as fly as it can be. And that's all they ask for in these rooms is how can you make me fly? So you're Mm. taking element, you're observing elements of them and then putting your, my own texture on it. it. Mm. And they don't move that way. Not to say they can't. 
they might not have approached it mentally the same way that I did. And that was where I think at a time period I was in high demand for my movement, for the way I, I approach things, how I, I hold myself at a high level as well. Like if you want great things to happen to you, you got to know you're as great as those things. Mm. Like mm. I'm fucking awesome as a person. <laughs> There's one thing that I noticed from doing like you know meeting people within our industry but especially doing the podcast and sitting down and speaking with like uh the elites like people like yourself like Anders who we've had them before like you all have like a a self-belief mm-hmm. and a confidence which is like unshakable mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that's what i noticed and it's like i feel like the fact that you don't doubt you mm-hmm. doesn't give me the ability to doubt you you know what i mean like uh, I always use Timo. Mm-hmm. Timo Stephens. That motherfucker is and confident. Casper. <laughs> Woo, he's like, definitely confident. And there's a guy here called Jay Ravel. Jay Ravel is com- and I, confident. And I always say they're, they're all the same people. They're not, obviously. Packaged differently. Packaged yeah. differently in different places of the world. Mm-hmm. And they all have this self-confidence that, yes, granted, they're all exceptionally talented and good at what they do. But mm-hmm. they all have this self-confidence that... N- you don't doubt them from the jump because they won't mm-hmm. allow because you because they do don't it. allow you to doubt them. So you believe it before you even see it, mm-hmm. and then they live up to you know what they've said. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have the same thing. Yeah, I I feel the same. I do have doubts about things. It's just to the outside, I can't. I, I think we all have internal doubts. one thousand. Oh, yes, yeah. one thousand. But we just have a way of disguising it, mm-hmm. right? Well, well, yes. It depends on what the insecurity is, but I feel that. If I'm a leader, mm-hmm. which I know I am, because since I was younger, even playing basketball, I was a point guard. That's the leader of the team. It's the quarterback, essentially. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's the thing of I have to trust me strongly enough for you to trust me mm-hmm. because I know what we're talking about right now. I have facts attached to that shit. Mm-hmm. Factually, I'm going to knock you over the head with this baseball bat. Yeah. With all the knowledge, all the movement, where it comes from, where it sits, how it feels. If you can't meet me at that level or help me to evolve what that idea is, then you have to trust that I'm telling you something of s like something of uh tan- like it's tangible. Like I, I can create it, you can see it, I can feel it, you can feel it. Right? So I want you to meet me at that place. I want to give you that same energy because I don't want to do it alone. I like collaborating. So that unwavering confidence of I am solid in where I sit and I know what I'm talking about just has come with being put in uncomfortable situations over time. Because I've been cussed out in these rooms. I've been told in these rooms, like, you're wrong, and it hurts. Mm. I've done things in my career that are very simple of thought, but to put in action, I fucked up. And I learned from those experiences to now when I speak to you guys or anyone to date, I just, I guess I don't need the validation anymore. Mm. I, don't, I don't need to feel like you're okay with me because I'm okay with me. Mm. And this can go back into the pandemic conversation mm. about me starting with depression and what I was working on as an individual. It's to see the higher self, see my higher self. Because this has all been done by the grace of higher power, my career. Mm. Now I'm moving 
with a thought of, okay, there's purpose behind why I'm here, why I'm still this creative, why I can still dance. I'm not as, I'm still nimble, I'm still quick, but I'm, I'm not as, uh, there's a spark in a 21 year old that's not the same as someone in Preach, their 30s. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Because, whew, and it's not it's even the fluid. knees. It's called fluid in the <laughs> knees. That's what I was going to say. It's called fluid in your knees. But, you know, it's my experience lasts longer than what the youngsters can do now. Like, mm-hmm. they have experiences too, but I don't have to go as full out as you are because I have experience. I'm a character. I have mine all together already, and I get on these stages and I showcase that. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. But, yeah, I appreciate that that uh, observation, and I, I welcome it, man. I'm, I'm just open. I'm always open. I like to receive what I can from individuals because you never know what you're going to gain in that situation. Do you think you'd still have the same confidence if you were dancing for, say, like, something maybe, I don't want to say out of your realm because, you you know, at the I just did that at, recently, can, actually. Yeah, like, so say it's for, like, uh, Richard Squirrel Jackson... For Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. I would have uh, loved to have danced for for Lady Gaga. Like giving me some poker face. Are you 1, still 000. feeling the I'll same way? I'll give you a monster hand real yeah. quick. <laughs> Hell yeah! I would have yeah. loved to have done that. Sweet. I wanted to dance for Madonna, but she doesn't like Scorpio, so I don't think I would have got that, uh, wow. that opportunity. <laughs> okay. Rewind. Hey. It's, it's, she doesn't like Scorpio. It's a rumor. It's a rumor. Well, yeah, I but I never auditioned. I hope it's just a rumor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The weirdest shit ever. Well, but you know, hey, she's you never, super. You never know. She's you never super. Know. Yeah, yeah. She's super connected in a different way. You said you just did a job that. Felt uncomfortable. So um, it's a Netflix job that I did with uh, Liam. What's Liam's Liam last Lunis? name? Yes, he's the, great. The Netflix Dancer One Hundred. Dance One Hundred. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the name. I don't know because you know legally I can't really give any information about as to what it is. Yeah, I didn't either. But it was just a hundred dancers. Yeah, it's hundred dancers. I said, do I need to beep this? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the opportunity in itself, again, this goes into what commercial movement is here in the UK. It's jazz funk. Justin, Justin, uh, Jason Derulo's choreography from Kevin Maher was jazz funk at the beginning when me and AJ first got there. Yes. So I had to learn jazz funk then. It's not that I can't do it, and it's not that I'm not I'm not too comfortable. It's just not my choosing yeah, style. Yeah, it's not the choice. Yeah, Same. Not, that's where I'm at. It's like I can do it if you need me to, but it's but never it's my first choice. Facts. But that's where the States comes into play as far as style goes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do that. I can go right. and dance on other jobs that that's keep why I, me up That's why there. I left here. Mm-hmm. That's why I came there. Because here, you had to do that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was not my, me at my full potential. Mm-hmm. You know? And at that time period, it was just jazz funk here, if I'm not mistaken. I don't 100%. know that. No, no, you are 100% correct. But now I think they're opening themselves up to yeah. more. Thanks to your Jay Ravels and your up-and-coming choreographers. Alice Camilla is changing. That's awesome. But that's, that was here, here for a long time. It was like jazz funk was... That's the all. We, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. And my moving to the states was because of Amy. Oh, Amy, Allen. Amy Allen. Because when we did She's Derulo, the assistant. when I auditioned for you for Derulo here uh-huh. in Pineapple. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god! Because <laughs> you and Amy took the audition, like, and it was oh, that's crazy. Loads of us. Yeah, it was a little gang of y'all. And I remember her saying to me, "Why do you still live here if you don't like the dancing?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Move." I was Peace like, out. Not that easy. She's like, "Yeah, it is. I'll help." I was like. Really? That's it. All you gotta do is ask. <laughs> like, you know, like, really? Yeah. yeah. All you gotta do is ask. Closed mouths don't get fed. Fortune favors hey, the bold. Hey, nice. Yeah. Mm. Fortune favors the bold, man. But it's like, okay. So the, hmm. so the show. You're yeah. uncomfortable. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. I am uncomfortable, but I put myself in that situation on purpose, mm-hmm. because, like I said before, I left the states 
with no resistance to have a new experience. After like a month or so, I start to realize I need a new, I need a new, because I've been doing, I've been doing. So to be asked to do the show without auditioning, thank goodness, um, I went in. I'm thinking that we're going to be dancing for the competitors in a certain way. and I, I thought you were a competitor on it. Originally, I didn't audition. Originally, when I found yeah. out you were doing it, I thought you were a competitor. Due to our uh, people that we know, we mm-hmm. both know, mm-hmm. being competitors on it, I mm-hmm. thought you were a competitor 1, on it 1,000. Well. Sorry, peeps. Yeah. <laughs> Go tell you. I, I don't know if I would compete mm-hmm. because I've done a reality show. I did ABDC, uh, America's mm-hmm. Best Dance mm-hmm. Crew, mm-hmm. Uh, fifth season. Mm-hmm. And that dynamic of how the production works in... It's the integrity behind our community that I like to keep, um, that these production companies want to exploit. Mm -hmm. And that's not a negative. I'm not speaking negatively about it. It's just what it is. Mm -hmm. That's any reality show, from the Kardashians to Love is Blind. It's a different version of entertainment. Exactly. And you have to tailor that because it's something that you're looking for, Mm -hmm. that your consumers want to see, and you have to play to that, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't like to exploit my community for the gain of finance to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying any individual is doing that, but these production companies are trying to get, you know, a longevity in an idea that they put on the table. Hence creativity, that's your thing. Do your thing. Um, but uh, I had to jazz funk. I had to learn some contemporary shit. Like, I love contemporary movement because I incorporate it in some of my stuff. I do incorporate, like, lines, old jazz funk, like Paul Abdul-style shit mm-hmm. in my choreography from time to time. And that goes into all classical movement from Fred Astaire, Bob Fosse, Gene Kelly to Sammy Davis Jr., Gregory Hines. Like, I use all of these things. Nicholas Brothers, uh, Jimmy the Sly. Um, But I'm going to digress a bit because I do have opinions about it, and it's not out yet. And I think everyone did an amazing job on the show and the completing of the show. I can definitely give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uncomfortable for me, and I'm glad that I put myself in that situation to, one, see the entire U.K. community, because everybody was from everywhere. Mm-hmm. I would just, I guess I could say the European uh, community, and that might be too big to put it that way, um, but I'm more appreciative of art because of that opportunity, and I now voice myself as just an artist. I don't just dance. Mm. All of these cats that were on this job, mm. here in the UK and here in Europe, everybody still has a job for the most part. I've not. I've only had one nine to five, two nine to five jobs before I was twenty two. I have not worked a nine to five job since I was twenty two years old. Meanwhile, that is a luxury here. Yeah, mm. a, a big luxury. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it, it gave me perspective being on that job, but the movement itself. I was uncomfortable because I had to bounce between a few uh, contestants and, you know, it's different textures in individuals out of the 100 that were there. And I'm learning the dynamics of how the LGBTQ community works here, how uh, the straight community works here, how the women work here. Like, I'm just getting all these different mm. dynamics of what today's industry is. New. It's all new. Mm. It's all new. And I'm very much so... Uh, verbally inexperienced in how to articulate myself as to what the experience really was because I'm still as open as a book to receive what is supposed to be given to me here. 
Um, and I don't want to steal anything from this place as far as like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go back to the States and I'm going to use it and I'm going to make all this money. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's, you know, it was an opportunity that I took and I'm very thankful that I was a part of it. Sick, though. Yeah. Okay. If 50-year-old you <laughs> said two sentences to you, what would it sound like? You done good. That's one. Let's keep going. Hmm. Sweet. Both of you can answer this one. Mm-hmm. So, mine's not as cool as his. Aliens. Aliens come from outer space. Yes, they and do. They say to each of you individually, you can't collaborate on it. Uh, you have to give one representation of dance hmm. to us. One being has to be alive Fuck. to save humanity. Hmm. And if you give them someone and they don't deem it... Uh, they're going to destroy the planet. They, yeah, they don't They don't like the person you give. They're okay. like, nah, whack, meh, meh. Facts. Like, Only one person. Yeah, Only one, bro. And do they have to... They have can to the aliens look through the history of this person? Yes, for sure. Okay. Okay, so it's not just one dance. They can't. There's not. No, they can't go to like just like there's just this is this only eight. It's like you're giving like one representation of dance. Okay, you're giving, representative. Right, of right, right, yeah, right, you're right. giving like this person hmm. like is gonna go and save humanity because of their dance history ability, whatever you want it to be, whatever mm. that means to you. And they have to be oh, alive. It's so hard. Yeah, and it's, it's, today. Today. it's an hard today. Like Teresa Espinosa gave me Prince, and I accepted it because it was such a random one. But I was like, he's dead. No. It doesn't count. Uh, his Who, dancing Prince? comes from James Brown and his but, own yeah. texture. Yeah. But he's a musician. Yeah, that, but that she, hers was like, because obviously she worked with him. So she's like, when she saw him dance, oh, it he was goes like, crazy. Yeah, and that was her, mm. that moment for her was hers. Mm. But I was like, I changed the rules because he's dead. doesn't count. Oh, 1,000. <laughs> yeah, 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 1,000. Like, otherwise, everyone's going to give MJ and it's not fun. Yeah, like, no, 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 he's everyone, the one. Everyone, yeah. everyone goes MJ and I'm like, cool, let's hey, like, you know try what? and be I would great. give Chris Brown instead of MJ. Yeah, I would give Just well, because, you know, it's just like, Okay, I would, I would I'd give I'd accept Chris Brown because he'll fuck up the dancers, the exactly, dressers, exactly. the poppers, exactly. the martial exactly. artists, the martial artists, the yeah. painters. <laughs> exactly. he, he'll fuck up everyone. In everyone. Their own game. Yeah. I was and gonna if say you can't Chris. do it there and then, in a month's time, you will. One thousand percent, definitely. Because he's an alien. Yeah. One thousand. Yeah. He's one of them. Actually. He's stealing the powers when we give them. He's the vessel. One thousand percent. You you were gonna say Chris? No, but in this example, but I would say. Rich and Tone. Word up. That's two people. Yeah, but like, okay. they, they work, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They work yeah, as one. Yeah. They work yeah. as one. Yeah. Like this, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Never, yeah. never. Never. Pick a Talawega. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, that's hard, Ooh. though. That's a hard one. Between the two of them, that's hard. They oh, both bring yeah. different to the table. Yeah. They do. But one <laughs> brings more footwork, one brings more texture. Like, yeah. they're both like, Exactly. Oh man! But they're both but they're like animals. But they're animals. Like it's the package which makes it right. It's exactly. Like they they complement each right. other. They come as one. They like, complement each other yeah. so well. Shit. <laughs> Let's not get into that because I want to interview them and I don't want them to hate me. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make them choose if I ever interview yeah, them are, which one's better. Shout out oh, to wow. like oh, geez. <laughs> like, oh, wow. the, like to them. If you two battled right now, who would win? <laughs> but to like, oh what? I have my hmm. opinion. Ooh. I do. I have no mm. idea. But I love the both of them because those are like older. Those are like my brothers. So it's kind of like. I've never met them. They are powerhouses. They're, for they're sure. on like my bucket list to to work for, but just to like observe. Mm. But that's the thing when you observe them that gel that makes them the Talawega brothers. Mm. They're both 
disgusting because they both were dancing for Michael at yeah. 19. 19. What? Jamie King is another one that was 19. Mm-hmm. That's rare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? He's rare as getting, giving steps to Asher at 17. <laughs> I was hey, 18, 19. 19. I was 19. Yeah. I was yeah. 19. 18, sorry. Hey, you need to boast a little bit, bro. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, yeah. that's a fact. That's a fact. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> that is, you just yeah. have both our faces yeah. like this the whole time. Because, so, yeah. you, know, you know, when you start looking back on that stuff, man, it, it does start to kind of hit you a little bit. Like, man, I actually, that's why I say 50-year-old me, mm-hmm. well done. Just keep going. Yeah. Bro, I mm-hmm. do it all the time. Like, I really, like, the older I've got, and I teach a lot of students, uh, a fucking a lot of students who want to do this for a living, mm-hmm. and I'm like, they're so fortunate for the opportunity that they have and the potential things that they get in front of them that I, I would have died for. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yo, if I can make it from the resources that I've had. You're, it's easy. You've yeah. got no excuse. At it's all. so like, easy for kids these easy. days. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's easy. hard. It's hard because there's so yeah. many. Yeah, 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 of course. But information is key. All you have to do now is be disciplined. Yep, yeah. yeah. that is a fact. Then open Google. Yeah, okay. yeah just like, be disciplined now. <laughs> YouTube uh, University. Consistent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fact. Yeah, I still haven't given my interview. I was gonna say, yeah, no, your no, answer. No. Come on, come on. I mean, it's not even because he's out right now, but it is Chris, and I, I say that because through his career, he's gone through a few choreographers and creative directors, but there has been an essence that changes with what happens to him in life. Mm, he's responsible yes. for creating the new the new industry when everybody turned their backs on him, mm. as far as you know. He has a, a domestic, mm-hmm. you know, situation on his on his tag that has been hard to get off his shoulders. It's, go- it's not gone, yeah. But the generation doesn't necessarily care as much as they did as they did because, mm-hmm. because our before. generation was like, no, that's fucked up. It is one thousand percent. He knows it. He's changed. Mm-hmm. E- evolution is taking place, mm-hmm. but it's not the same person. Not at all. It's in there. He's still got a. He's still one of them. Like you know, mm-hmm. he's an alien for sure. Um, I say that because his discipline comes out like a Basquiat. What's a Basquiat? Basquiat, uh, Michelle, Michelle uh, Jean, Jean Michel or Jean Michel Basquiat. He's an artist. No, no. You've seen uh, the paintings where it looks like a kid drew it. Okay, it's yeah, all yeah, scratched yeah, no, no, in no, it. No, yeah, it's like, it after. So uh, there's a documentary on um, uh, what is his name? He was responsible. How do you spell the name? Culture. It's J E A N. Jean Michel or Jean Michael. John Michel is his real name. We like western it up with John Michael. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, it's either Michelle or Michael. I forget. I forget. But I just call him Basquiat because mm. that's the urban culture version of that shit. I guess. Um, Andy Andy Warhol has a documentary on. Yes, mm. that's him. Uh, Andy Warhol is the white guy with the blonde, uh, the gray hair. Oh. He's responsible for some of the first bits of pop culture in social media for his time period. So tabloids to the Campbell soup cans, the the yeah. chicken soup. Mm-hmm. You've seen the one where it's like a bunch of cans on a painting? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's him. He's responsible for pop art, mm-hmm. like pop culture art, mm-hmm. not like literal like pop yeah. colors. Like it is colors, but he's the one who did the colorful uh, screen printing of faces. Mm. Yeah. The same yeah. face, but yeah. one's red, one's green. So yeah. that's yeah. Andy Warhol. Watch that documentary on Netflix. It's amazing. But um, I say Chris is like Basquiat because he can create as I can in chaos. Hmm. You need loud music. You need 
a bunch of inspiration around you. You need mm. games. You need women. You need like that's why I've these, seen snippets like, of his house and it's like fucking, it's a playground. It's like yeah. carnage. It's like it is. It's like a museum of crazy things in color. Yeah. It is. Like, and when you, you see it online, like you see him, like if he does like an Insta story live, it's like just big huge art pieces everywhere with a basketball hoop. And yep. Like, just, yeah. Yep. And go like to a his backyard. Machine. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> he just needs it to stay stimulated. Yeah. Add. He's just like. I do this, I do this. Mm-hmm. He's flipping and then he's talking about an idea <laughs> and then he's on the floor and then he's got kids now and then he's talking about music and he's producing and he's in the studio and then he goes on tour mm-hmm. and does all of that on tour. What the fuck? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you're so fast. How, what? That's when I became an artist. Mm-hmm. When I got on that job, the party tour changed my perspective on being creative. He spray painted on his black tour bus a woman putting on stockings, smoking a cigarette. Just out of it's, it's and he had Goku's head, the alien's head, and like I think Superman's head, but the eyes were white and the faces were like warped. Mm-hmm. It's fresh as fuck. But he's creating the art on his tour bus, <laughs> on the outside of his house. I don't know if it's like this now because I haven't been over there in a while. But he had figures that he's collaborated with artists, like spray painting, mm-hmm. where they're looking inside his windows. That shit is fucking ill. If that's not inspiring, like to see someone use their brain at that level and to be able to morph with time into anything. That's why I say he would be the example of going from a child star who's just groovy. That's a pocket. You go from a pocket to being able to impersonate and execute a Michael Jackson tribute Tribute show to T with funk, sauce, texture, integrity. To perfection. You know what I'm saying? He had chewing gum as an endorsement deal. He had a video game coming out. He had multiple movies coming out. He was with Vans. And this is before Rihanna. Mm. When that happened, you know, he took a hiatus for a second. And everything left. Everything left. All of those endorsements, everything left. But then he came back with Deuces a couple years later after Mm. he's done two Mm. or three, two albums. I forget if it was Fame and something else. I could be wrong about that. But around that time period, he's the reason why the mixtape came back. What? Nobody's done a mixtape since the fucking 90s. Mm. He came out with a mixtape, and Deuces was on the mixtape. That wasn't even an album record. He went from that into just creating his own art because the music industry wasn't fucking with him like that. He was like, all right. I don't need you. I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm going to be the bad guy if y'all want me to be the bad guy. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll take that position. But at the means of it, I'm going to create. You mm. can't stop that. Mm. You can stop all that other stuff, but now social media started to peak. Mm. And he's like, okay, YouTube. I can just create my own music videos. And now he has a company that, that he directs him. the music videos. Yeah, <laughs> That's why they're always so last minute probably, right? Because like, uh, I, yeah. I hear does that he them. does literally like, we're doing a music video tomorrow. Yeah. But it, <laughs> like, it's not uh, even... Like genuinely, like so it's many a people... Fact. Why not? Yeah, but yeah. it's not even that it's last minute. It's just he does so much, much at one time. Like... He says so much at one time. That's why I say if an alien came down here and said, we want to see... He's giving them a high five saying, what's up, brother? He's like, yo, (laughs) you coming in here tonight, right? I know, you. I saw you last night at the the mixer with the blue... (laughs) You had the blue drink with the orange bitch. Okay, cool. (laughs) I don't call women bitches. This, you know, I got you, but... Just a word. We get it. Yeah, just, just a word. word. Apologies, apologies. You can beat that. Uh, (laughs) um, But, yeah, I would say Chris on that end. And if we're going to go... For a creative director. Oh, that's hard too. 
because you never know who really is responsible for the overall. That's what I was gonna say, mm-hmm. especially like in the, in the states. Yeah, you never really know because there's so many step makers mm-hmm. yeah. the creative or the choreographer. Because mm-hmm. you got a Frank Gatson who is OG, who's amazing. You got a who Jamie has, King, who, and they all have people. Just people. Yeah. They have yeah. teams. Yeah. Like so. Ah oh, man, yeah, I, I would have to say Chris just based on yeah. his physical ability, mm. how much energy he puts into what he does, and how unapologetic he is, mm. and how raw that is. Because mm. if you're going to showcase creativity or movement or entertainment, it is all of that. Mm. He is hip hop. He is contemporary. He is not a, a ra- he's not nothing. He's mm. everything. Mm. Yeah, and he yeah, you can't put him in a box at all. Exactly, he's no. a contemporary yeah. artist. Mm. What does that mean? That he's means. New. He's always, yeah. he's always, he mm. can go from doing an Untit Untit record in the club for Europe. He can mm. go and do a house record. He can go do an Afro Beats record. Mm. He can go do a reggae record. Because he's done it. Mm. He did a hundred of them shits yeah. on one album. Hey. Two albums, actually. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he can shapeshift. He's going to give you the movement and the creative texture and integrity behind it. Mm. Like, I'm just rambling because that's like, I, he's I, the I guy think for today. accept him. Oh, oh yeah, he's oh, he's yeah. he's that ruler. Easily, so. yeah, he's shaped like one. <laughs> yeah. he's shaped like one. Put him in a silhouette. He looks just like the <laughs> alien from X Files. Tall, long hands. Just watch him do um, turn of the music on the VMAs Ooh. with the, the by Grams, and you go, oh, he's accepted. A yeah. thousand percent. Fucking like, <laughs> beam of light. He's oh, accepted. Great. Um, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, no stress. Thank you so much. We can do this again if you want. I'm here. Absolutely, do this again. I got stories, bro. Oh, yeah. Stories. <laughs> yeah, I, I would some. love to get you and Marvin here together <laughs> to tell stories. We can face. Like, oh, I got like, one of Marvin. Like, to, like I want to hear like <laughs> tour stories, like tour life. Oh yeah, yeah there's a few like because our uh, we didn't tour with Ush. His album didn't do good when we were with him. But you did like uh, iTunes festivals. Yeah, like we did that a bunch of flow. festivals. Mm-hmm. We did a bunch of festivals around the world, which was great. So technically, it was a tour, but it wasn't a title tour. Yeah, yeah, it I wasn't didn't like the Oh My Gosh tour. Exactly. Mm. And I, Marv did all of those. Yeah. I didn't do my first tour, like title tour, mm. until 2016 with Chris. It was the party tour. And that was only three months. And then the second tour that I ever did, titled, was Justin Timberlake. That's crazy, because I feel like I've seen you on so much... Footage, I did pink like, print with Nikki. Like I, I get brought in last minute to yeah. save the day. Like, that's what you did, Rulo. That was not a tour. He just was getting his bread together for all of his other cycles. Ah, okay, because I saw you in Wales. I think. Yeah, like that was with, all promo. You, you and Lee Daniel, mm-hmm. it was just you, two. just us two in like two thousand and nine. Yep, is that oh, right? Like two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. No, no, no. It's like two thousand maybe eleven. Eleven and twelve. Two thousand eleven, yeah. twelve. Because I. <laughs> This is me. I'm a door opener. That is like, I live by you okay. open doors. And if it's locked, you kick that bitch open. Uh, I mm. took Lee Daniels class. Dance peeps, I don't recommend you do this. Uh, <laughs> I took Lee Daniels class for Dance to Excess in London. And I just said, thanks for class. That was our only ever interaction. Like, and then I messaged him for tickets to go watch the show. And he went, of course, bro. I don't know oh, anyone in Cardiff. Cool. I was like, bless. That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, that's been like how I meet. Everyone just Bro. be like, because especially in Wales where there's no dancers, when mm. dancers used to come, I used to be like, We're the only th- people in this entire city that have anything in common. Let's be that's how we don't really have yeah, a choice. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> how we met. Let's be fucking lit. Everyone, hey man, fortune favors the bold. Gee, I learned mm. that from my acting coach. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, closed mouths don't get fair, you get punched in the mouth, it'll open up, and then I shove something in there. But <laughs> that's just lesson. Like, where did we learn that one? Uh, Was that from 50? No, the Kanye West documentary. Kanye West documentary. Mm, what do you say? He says, Is that Jay Z? Closed mouths don't 
gonna get fed. Because when he Kanye goes in, in the studio and spits and bars, and he comes out, and he goes. Damn. I'm glad you said something yeah, like because closed mouths don't, don't get, get fed. fed. And we said, <laughs> and we had said that like two days before speaking, and that day I just booked a movie that I didn't get to audition for, but I messaged Block in LA mm-hmm. to message the choreographer to like. Get me get in, this, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting." I'm gonna, seen. Whether like, you do it or yeah, not, I'm someone's gonna get made, it. I'm get, and it, it worked. And we always say like, "You have to be bold." Always, man. I, it took a second for me to get to that point because I, I definitely am very reserved. I am a reserved individual, and I don't think that I need to be balls out and like super extroverted in order to get anything that I want out of life because I manifest and it's mine anyway. Mm. Whether you're gonna give it to me or I'm gonna have to take it, it's mine. It's already for me. Like I ain't tripping off none of that. So your story is your story. Mine is mine. There's a big enough plate in this industry for all of us to eat off of. Mm. I don't want, from this point, people to conceptualize the industry as clicky. It is, but it's something here for you. Fuck that. Mm. Now you can create your own. Just put the fucking work in. Get it. It's that time. It's time to put the work in. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Kai Martinez, Kaidi. She's fucking lit. And we had a conversation when I was in L.A. recently, and she's at that place. Mentally, we've practiced to be at this place now. Mm. And she's getting these opportunities as a woman in a male-driven industry. She's kicking doors in right now. And it's going to be beautiful to see her in the next year. And I can't fucking wait. Mark my words. Boys, been a pleasure. Mm. What's your Instagram? S-E-E Wiggins. At S-E-E Wiggins. And at Andre, A-N-D-R-E-I, European version of Andre, M-I-N-E-A-1. We're going to put He's that, gonna, yeah, gonna put that yeah, in the yeah, bio. Yeah. <laughs> also, TikTok, so S-E-E underscore Wiggins, and he Andre on TikTok, easy. Popping. Go. Oh, you popping your TikTok So I have style. an idea. Can I say it on air? Yeah, for sure. I think that she should interview this cat, uh-huh. <laughs> like, about the TikTok generation journey genre in itself he started in november we were competing in november as friends because i I knew that it's a marathon one thousand and i was like bruh we got to get to three thousand followers together like or two thousand first yeah and then we'll go to 10 and then from 10 we'll try to get to 20 he said okay cool i took a second off and i beat him to two thousand followers this motherfucker beat me to 10 in like three days Mm mm-hmm and then <laughs> he's now at what? 250? 200. 200 and what? 200K. That's over two months. In two or months. less. I've heard some people blow up on TikTok and Quick. just go. I heard someone got like 160 million followers in like one, one night. night. <laughs> yeah. It happens. It's yeah. just faster. But he put the work in since I, November. I couldn't well, even get a thousand in three creating? weeks, so I quit. Then, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's but it, it yeah, just yeah, takes yeah, a second. And just yeah, mix yeah. with like, like some acting sometimes and stuff month, like that. Right. But mostly it's like dance it's challenges. It's just the algorithm. Yeah. It's all the content consistency that we were talking about in the interview. Mm-hmm. It really is just putting the work in. Yeah. And you allowing yourself to make these mistakes in public. Mm. Yeah. I'll or you need to be a hot chick. That was oh, a yeah. Because if you're a hot chick and you can do this before every shot, yeah, easy. Done. Done. Yeah. Nailed it. I can wear a wig. <laughs> I'll do that. I was so desperate. I don't need one, but I like. was so desperate to get to a thousand followers within two weeks because we were doing this movie and I was slate in TikTok. Mm. And because all the young uns are killing it on there. And mm. I was like, you, like, we could just all train together. Like, we could jam, we could sesh. And they're all dope and they're all killing it. And then. They will kind of open my eyes to it, being like, actually, you're being quite like close-minded. You need to see the bigger picture. And I was like, do you know what? You're right. You're right. It's mm. my old-fashioned mentality of just artists matter, not TikTok. But you can Whereas session this the same. So I was the same. I was so the I was same. like, cool, I'm going to try it. Two weeks of like, I was in. 
And I was like, I'm going to get to 1,000 in a week. I didn't. So I was like, two weeks. I'm going to give myself two weeks, <laughs> edge the buff for a bit. I didn't. So like the, I think I had a day left. So I was like, I'm going to be a thirsty little bitch. So I was, I was shirtless. <laughs> okay. I was in the gym. I was like, Let's oh, resort. I'm posing. And I was like, this is me. You, okay. you. I was like this. I'm going to be famous tomorrow when I wake up. Woke up like two new followers. I was like, damn it. I'm <laughs> deleting it. <laughs> Not done it since. I, don't, like, I just find it such a drain trying to do social media. Like, posting I know, every day. I know. Yeah. It's just we're not made okay. for that. But we're I feel like we can. It's compiling we, it. We can, mm. we can make it happen. And actually, a lot of people, like Swoosh and that, they meet up and they mm. do all their videos, like, in a day. And then they have constant. Is that what you guys do? Yeah. And then you have regular. We do yeah. 10 in a, in a session. We just did one before we came in. We do 10 in a session. Is it? And then yeah. that 10 will last what, Just, like, 15, 20 second bursts? Or, like, is it, like... Uh, it depends on the, the routine. But you think about this. This is just my concept of mm, it, good. where I am now today, because now mm. I'm approaching it differently. Mm. I can do the same dance mm. 50 times. Mm. Which comes back to what we were saying earlier, promoting your same product. Mm. Exactly. Now I can do it in a different outfit. Mm. I can do it in okay. a different setting. And someone yep. next to you. Different, different people. Two people now. Okay, so can I teach you my Usher one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should we wrap up and I'll teach you my Usher one? Yeah, let's, and let's, let's go outside and film it. And if let's you do send it. it to Usher. <laughs> <laughs> he, he follows me. Yeah. <laughs> I think he follows me. He might not follow me. Let me not say that. <laughs> but I have a few that follow me. But if you me, don't, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> On gang. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah, you so much. Same, and same. we will make that happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Looking uh, forward. Do you all want to do something cool to make the camera fade out? I'm going to do something cool to make the camera fade out. Fade <laughs> <That was> out. <laughs> <laughs>